Your aunties could never episode 70. It's a very special, special episode. Not because just because we hit 70. We're full on pensioners right now. Episode 70. <laughs> yes, own it, embrace it. But we have a special guest, but I'm gonna go around the room. I'm Auntie AK and I am here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, Auntie Shade, <laughs> and Auntie Kalache. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, Auntie Kalechi, for joining us today. We're going to be getting into your business um, a bit later on. But in the meantime, I just wanted to see how my ladies are. How are you doing? How are you feeling today? All right. Yeah, okay. Better than yesterday. Yeah. It's been a bit of a shit show. Just on a random, yeah, I was in a group chat with someone and they were saying something, this is so diff off the, whatever, it means nothing. But anyway, they were saying something about Primark and she's, in her comment, she said, when I shop at Primark, and then she made a point to what put in brackets. Primark? I swear it's Primark, it's not Primark. I call it okay, Primark. Okay, okay. I call it Primark, but I, I let that one slide usually because okay. I think uh, a lot of people call it Primark, but I, I'm with you, it's Primark. It's Primark. Auntie what do you Primark. say? Oh, that's, cool. why, that's why it's Primani and yeah. Primani. Nobody says Primani. No one says Primani. You keep saying Primani. Can I say Primani? Nobody says Primani. This is sad to the list. Okay, Auntie Kalechi, as you join this wonderful sacred coven of witches, um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to understand that these people always get me about my pronunciations. Because you say Falacio. It's Falacio. It is Falacio. Falacio. Yeah, it's Felatio. <laughs> it is Felatio, okay. My do you know thing of Primark when it first first came, everyone said Primark, and then when people tried yeah. to posh it up because they were no, embarrassed about it, no one said Primark. I said it my lips. Oh no, wait, 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 wait. People in the people in the audience, yeah. <laughs> Can you just tell me if you say Primark or Primark or Primark? I always say pre-mark. I don't think there's, I'm not the only person in the world to say pre-mark. And can I finish my damn story? Okay. <laughs> okay, <sorry>. Anyway, <clears throat> this person said, when I shop at pre-mark, Primark, and she put, made a point to put in brackets for my teenage daughter, like she was making sure that no one thought that she was shopping at pre-mark for herself. So I wasn't sure if she was embarrassed, but from what I, from that, I was thinking, are people still embarrassed to shop at pre-mark? Do you carry your pre-mark bag with pride if you shop there? And is there anywhere that you'd be embarrassed to admit that you shop? That's what I wanted to know. Because I don't know. I don't, I'm not embarrassed about There was a time I'm like, yeah, let me put my pre-mark bag inside another bag. Really? Like, really? I kind of, wow. I wouldn't do it, but I kind of felt like I might need to. I'd feel better not carrying it. In the early days, I think. That's why people say, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't Primark. Like, I don't think, I absolutely don't think about it. I buy lots and lots of stuff from there. And I carry the bags yeah. down the street. In in Westfields, like I, I don't, I've never been ashamed. I it's not that cheap. It's not that cheap. I don't shop there, but only because I no longer live near one. Even though I work near one, where it is is awkward, and I do not like the one in Westfield. It's horrible. So the Hammersmith one used to be the one. That used to be the one for me. But because I don't live around there no more, I don't go there. So it, listen, it's great for socks and stuff like that. Precisely. And knickers, you know, when you're going on holiday, you need to get like all new knickers. 
Get like 20 knickers for two pounds. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Some, there's a conspicuously silent auntie. <laughs> Charlotte's like, what is Primark? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I mean, I actually have shopped there recently, not recent, in the last couple of months, because of, I saw like there's some homeware bits in there, but I can't say I'm proud, no, like, and I wouldn't have shopped there beforehand either, like, no, because I'm a I'm I'm a bit bougie sometimes, yeah. you know. And Primark is just not a proper one. rich auntie, huh? You're a proper rich auntie, that's why. No, I'm not a proper rich auntie. No, no, I'm yeah, not yeah. that. I like I have auntie vibes, just the vibes. She's <laughs> <laughs> on her way to being rich. Yeah, we're, we're all on rich auntie vibes, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Auntie Kalechi, do you wear your shop and hold your Primark bag with pride? Yeah, I mean, I think that what happened was when the white middle class people started being like, oh, I love Primark, I, mean, I just mix it with my Chanel, and I've got a great new and then they started putting it in all the magazines, and everyone was like, "Raw, oh, yeah, I, I love my Primark too, but before that, I think that people felt like they needed to be embarrassed about it. I yeah. Mean, my issues with Primark go beyond, like, um, you know, the clothes that they're selling. I think their business model as a whole, they're a bit wild. But I think that generally, um, I don't have a problem with it. Like, I get my socks there um, and other bits there. But I don't tend to go into physical stores anymore. So that's another thing. So more time, I'm just going to order things online. And if I'm doing that, then I'm probably going to do a young ASOS or something because I don't like going into um, stores physically. And I feel like the bigger um, Primark got, like when they had like the, the little superstore, their little superstore, their little superstore on Oxford Street, that's when I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know, it's a bit, it's a bit much. And then the prices started going up from there. Most well. definitely. So, yeah, so I just thought, mm, nah, but I, I enjoyed it. But when I was in my absolute Primark bag, wow, 2007 slash 2008, no, 2008 slash 2009, when I was living in Atlanta, nobody there had Primark. So I would come and pack, 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 pack my things from over here, go Primark, buy, buy all of the things, and I'll now go to Atlanta and be doing English rows. Yeah. Because oh. yeah. then no one had my outfits. Yeah. You know what? I remember once, this is when I used to be an eBay freak, when I used to sell stuff on eBay. I bought a belt from Primark for £2, and I sold it to someone in Canada for about 50 quid. What? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The times when I used to work for a company that where I used to just pay like postage, get me, I never used to pay for the postage. So it was like, bare money. Those were the days. Yes. When you go on holiday as well, go Primark, get all your t-shirts, your flip flops. Yeah, it's good for holiday wear. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all right with Primark. Um, final, just quickly before we move on, um, is there a shop that you're embarrassed, that you're embarrassed that you really wouldn't want to hold the bag up? You're exposing yourself also if you say it. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe no. like, as you get older, it doesn't matter, I suppose. You know no, what? Back in the maybe day, people felt, maybe people felt ashamed about Neto and all of them things, and they yeah, back in the day, like, I was Neto. saving money. I was literally saving money. What is the what is the problem? Yeah, Neto I, and, I and no frills. Quick save, yeah. Quick save. No but, um, do you remember Ben and Happy D? Shopper? Do you not remember Happy Shopper? Charlotte's yeah, listening No. no. <laughs> do you? Yes! You Charlotte, you remember something. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that again, Charlotte? They used to do penny sweets, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy Shopper yeah. penny sweets. Yes. Yeah. 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 Penny sweets. I mean, the only bag that you got, maybe sometimes, is, is the Ann Summers. 
but it's not embarrassment because of that. It's more like people in your business, you know, in an Summer's bag. Mm. But Antemma's bag, but Antemma's clothes, like their lingerie, doesn't it feel scratchy? I don't, I mm. didn't think that people were still buying lingerie and them things from Ann Summers. I've never bought anything from Ann Summers. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly What's haven't. What's next? Oh, so I have a game for y'all, and today we're doing uh, Would You Rather. Are y'all ready? So, here we go. Would you rather lose your sense of smell, only be able to take ice cold showers, or be required to steal from every tip jar you see? What? <laughs> Sorry, say that. What? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll you got to pick one. Showers. What you say? Definitely ice, definitely ice cold showers. Why? Because it's great, and also um, ice cold showers are a great way to um, also manage your body fat percentage if you're into that sort of thing as well. And it helps to stop inflammation. And after a while, you get used to it. Your body gets stronger from having ice cold showers. Lots of pregnant people do it. Auntie Collecti, why do you have to come and bring facts and sensibility to? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't understand. I do wash my face with cold water because my auntie told me years ago to wash your face with cold water and it helps your pores and keeps you young. So yeah. I do I, I, I do that. But ice cold showers only when I'm in a hot country and by like under duress. Yeah, <laughs> what's, ice what's cold showers. Not being able to smell and then always stealing from the tip jar. Yeah, so every time you see a tip jar, wherever you are, you've got to steal from it. I'll be all right with that. But do you get away with it though? That's the thing. I'm stealing on you're not going to get away with it. You're going to get arrested or beaten up somewhere. No, not necessarily. Because I get away with it. What do you have in your own tip jar? Everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to go ice cold showers. I used to do that like for a bit. I don't know. I was on like this health thing. And it was like part of it, like to wake yourself up in the morning and stuff. And you do actually get used to it, but you have to you continue. Do. Otherwise, you just you fall out. Do you know what I mean? It's really easy to fall out of the the um, the benefits. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Of it and get that mind over matter thing. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard, it's but I'll do that. Yeah. But then, in terms of like sense of smell, though, in terms of sense of smell, I wouldn't mind that if it was like the tube. But again, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Know really anymore yeah. but um i would i only get it once in a while but to lose your sense of smell if you had to get on public transport i don't think it would be too bad i think it'll make it more bearable to but be on the connected to food so for me i need to get that yeah if i can't yeah. smell like ayamashi if i can't smell jollof if i can't smell all of that then exactly. what's really the That's point of life true. but i can still <laughs> taste it I can still taste it but, but smell and taste are connected yeah a lot of people, if they lose their sense of smell, they can no longer taste as well. Yeah. So, Ooh. very connected. Imagine never being able to taste like planting ever again. Oh, oh God, don't do that. That's terrible. Auntie Fire, what would you do? Um, I would have cold showers. Yeah. I, I, I would still It's good for the hair as well. Okay, next. Would you rather get trapped in a mine with 100 people for five days be unable to grow hair anywhere on your body, drink, 
drink all the water from the toilet without using your hands. What is wrong with these questions today? What's wrong with you? <laughs> They're so disconnected as well. It's from a game. It's this. This is actually a game. One day we're gonna play it. It's like it's a good okay. drinking game as well. Wait. So there's three options, right? So yeah. So you bring your hair. Go get trapped in a mine for a hundred days with five people. Um, hundred people for five days in a mine. Be unable to grow hair anywhere on your body. Drink from the water. Drink all the water from the toilet without using your hands. I, 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 I mean, I mean I'm doing the toilet bowl. I'm drinking all the water from the toilet. What? <laughs> if, you did that, if you did that, then your hair will drop out anywhere. <laughs> and then you belong in a mine with a hundred people. Yeah, yeah. then you get that into the mine and you stay there for a hundred days. With people. <laughs> there you go. I mean, no. Um, I think never be able to go hair. Well, I know I can rock a bald head, so I, but I don't know if I can rock no eyebrows. I get stressed when my eyebrows aren't penciled in. And I'm, everything else will be smooth. I need to shave my legs, shave my arms. Yeah, man, I can rock a baldy. I'm going with that. You could, yeah, roll around, you could roll around the supermarket. Like, that would be sick. Like, to do your shopping because you had no hair. You just oil your body and just roll around the supermarket. <laughs> and then you'd be fine. everywhere. <laughs> you could roll everywhere. You could literally roll it's everywhere. Very true. No hair. Uh, Auntie Shade. <laughs> And the thing is, yeah, because I don't really like people. I think chat, but I, I'm thinking, can I do five days? I might, I might be able to do five days with a hundred people. A hundred people in a mine. In a mine. Yeah, but if I had like a leadership role, I think okay. I, I'll be fine. You know what I mean, I why are you leading them to? You're trapped in the mine. Yeah, but you know, you have to organize. And like, organizing where people are going to shit and we. Yeah, and yeah. who's going to cook? Who you know? Who's food? You're in a mine. You're not in control. The people are coming. Are you mine? Purpose, guys. I need to find. I need to have purpose. And so in the mine, you're going to find food. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking that, but then at the same time, I'm thinking no hair. I could probably do that actually. I don't mind. I don't. I, yeah, because I wear. I could wear wigs. I could do, get like what do you call it? Microblading and yeah, stuff. There's ways. Yeah. So actually, maybe hair is more feasible. No hair is full. I don't really grow that much hair anyway. So, Auntie Kalechi, what would you do? Definitely no hair. I mean, I always get lasered everywhere, anywhere, except for like my face and my head. Well, no, actually, that's a lie. I get lasered on my face as well. Like my, my top lip and my, like my jawline. I've been doing that since 2011. So the idea of like no hair on the rest of my body's not really a big thing. It's only like on my head and my eyebrows and my eyelashes that I'd really be missing. And for those things, you can always, like, as the other artists have said, you could just fill it in, you could just wear something. But I feel like I've had my hair short so many times that I definitely could do a bald head. Like, yeah. I'll be on a Grace Jones tip. Like, I'll be fine. Auntie Farah. Yeah, no hair for me. Yeah, I'd quite happily rock a bald head. And you just draw your eyebrows on, man. Like, small thing. That's nothing. Just draw them on. Guys are bonkers. That's permanent. You have no hair, and all you've got to do is drink a one bowl of toilet water one time, and that's it. It doesn't say after who's used it. It doesn't say whose toilet. It doesn't say... And even if it was my toilet, which is clean, by the way, I'm not putting my head in no. the toilet and sucking the water. 
That but is it's a one-time deal. Wow. It's disgusting. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 PTSD forever. Every time you breathe in, you smell <laughs> your toilet <laughs> as clean as you can have it. You still know. And every time you go to lips your boo, you know that you've got toilet mouth. And, and if your boo knew that you did that, also they would have said, babes, they'll come right up close to you and be like, babes, you should have just gone with the no hair. <laughs> are endless. The repercussions are endless. This never have to sit on that toilet again. Okay. I'll, no, I'll the final one. Final one. Okay. Would you rather approach every old person you see, steal their cane, and run away laughing? <laughs> Get kicked in the chest by a racehorse. What? Your finger in the mouth of every person that yawns in your presence. Let me stupid. I take the cane and run because there'll be. I won't oh. have. Because you got to put my. Fall over. First of all, get kicked in the chest by a horse. No, I might die. <laughs> Secondly, um, put my finger in the mouth of every person who yawns. The my finger. Let me push. Let me take a cane and push the little old lady over, and then I'll go and rescue her afterwards. Doesn't say I can't rescue her afterwards. I'm like, oh, sorry, and I'll get her. That's quick done. Hopefully, yeah. No, no. Go on, rest of you. I'm sure. It says you have to run away. It says you have to run away. Yeah. You take the cane. <laughs> you take the cane, you have to run away. And then, yeah, you may run back, but they've fallen over by then. And their hip replacement, their fifth hip replacement is now all over the place. And then, so now they've got to go and have another hip replacement because they've fallen <laughs> over. This will help them. Look, look. Look, somehow, as long as they're not going to die, it'll be damaged forever. They'll survive it. And any chasers there. The I'm not going to be after you. They, their family members will be after you. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. somehow I can implore and say, look, I lost my senses. I plead insanity because I'm not spending the rest of my life putting my finger in any man and man's mouth when they yawn. Anybody on the street in life. That's I'm not getting finger, though. That's like. Okay, how, I can't how, take anything how, you say from toilet water now. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to do this to old people all the time. So you can only claim insanity so many times. Then they'll be no, like, oh, one. it's Auntie AK. One. Isn't it one? No, the key word was every. So oh, no, every. no, exactly. no. Exactly. So then you'll be known as the OAP bandit. That's when the OAP bandit, the cane stealer. Look. Hopefully I'll be, by the time this, if this was to come to fruition, I'm a rich auntie, so I've got bare money. So I'll get arrested and go to a nice institute that'll keep me in, you know, like Cedar's pie and something cute. I'll get my food and, you know, just my three meals a day. I'm rich. Because I'm not getting kicked. What, so you're not going to pick a horse to the chest? Are you going to put your mouth no. in, the, your <laughs> yeah. in the mouth of every person who yawns? Every I'm doing, person. Yes. I'm doing the yes. finger. Every single why? Why are you not covering your mouth in the first place? For me to have access to put my finger <laughs> in your mouth, that means you are doing. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you deserve a finger in your mouth, and if after I've done that a couple of times, you won't do that again. So they're going to be less people who are doing it about here. protecting their mouth. Anti you're not here to give them a warning because it's every person. Someone imagine if the whole of the the English football crowd that was the other day, they all went, ah, oh, you got to put your hand in all them beer mouths and dusty <laughs> mouths and racist mouths. You go and do that. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry to the old people. I'm taking their cane. Okay, so that's the canes. No, I can't lie. I think I think I will train to take the kick. I'm gonna take because it's a one-time thing. I think I could I think I could train for it. 
I think so. Like, How are you going to train your sternum? How are you going to train your bones? You're able to hold. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Nana, what did you say? I'm doing the finger. Okay, I'm taking the horse. I'm with Auntie Sade because it doesn't say what type of racehorse. It could be a. It could be like a, a racehorse that's no longer able to race. Yeah. It doesn't say that I can't put padding on. It just says take a kick to the chest. So, yes, I'll do that. You know I'm, I'm taking a kick. To, I'm not putting my finger in the mouth of strangers. No way. I'm not a dentist. I'm not getting paid for that shit. Realistically, though, how many people yawn around you? I don't really no, see that many yawn. people yawning. It's not like, no, so if you're on a train and just you just I don't go on trains. I don't go on trains. I no, get on an no, Uber. And you guys call me bougie. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Auntie Nana, who are you welcoming to the family? That was complete okay. nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> this week I am welcoming Raheem Sterling to our family. I'm just so proud of him. Like I'm sitting, uh, sitting down thinking who to welcome. And I just thought he is such a great example of a black man to footballers. Like we haven't had too many footballers that are family men that really big up their, their mothers, their sisters, that set up businesses, that have a black family. And he seems to keep himself out of like, the news in terms of being in a club, having affairs, all of that shit that lots of footballers do. I think he is a great example for the younger lot coming through. It's, one of you guys say the names of all the guys, please, so that I don't forget them. The guys that were in the English Shut team. Oh, uh, Sancho, Rashford and Saka. There we go. Yes. Yeah, so the other teammates, I just and they're all younger than him. I think he is a brilliant role model for them. You know how footballers, it's, it's a bit of a subculture and they all kind of follow each other. And having a leader amongst men like him, I think is a brilliant brilliant example of a black man so i am welcoming raheem sterling to our brilliant family welcome nephew wonderful nephew all right let's get some comments and then get into the business the nitty-gritty of things right i'm not going to do all the comments because there are a lot um but uh antoinette says not embarrassed at all by shopping in primark looking forward to spending a whole heap on the home stuff bedding flannels pillows i'm here for it um <laughs> Shelly says, I've always says pry. Yes. Um, Iona says, nobody rocked Primark when uh, they had those white plastic bags. You guys remember that? Um, Red Border says, Auntie AK is the Nigella Lawson of the aunties. Remember when she pronounced microwave as micro? I'm not that bad, actually. No, you are. And um, Nicholas saying, I feel the show needs an after party. Most Candy says, Auntie Nana, I hope this is an ideal homes exhibition, never been used toilet. I'm guessing this is your husband, Nana. Why is my life like this? I only have one one so far. <laughs> I'm guessing he doesn't want that toilet breath kiss. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, let's get into the news and headlines of what have we heard this week. This is where we pick a news story from the past week or today and we discuss it. Auntie Nana, you're up first. Okay, so my news story is the um, sad news of the Haitian president, um, President Mose 
being assassinated in his house by what seems to be like an armed group that um, stormed his house and shot him and his wife. His wife is still in recovery at the moment, but he passed. And two of the armed uh, terrorists, I guess, um, were shot as well. And 28 have now been arrested. I'm hoping you guys know a little bit about uh, Haitian history, but this president was placed in power through the powers that be, the Americans. Uh, he actually came third. So he's like kind of like the liberal Democrats. Nobody really wanted him, but the Americans did. And they threatened the Haitian elite to allow him to actually have, um, to join the presidential race, although he came um, third and they did. And lo and behold, he won came into power, not too many people were for him. It's been a really tumultuous time in Haiti. At the moment, it's like they really do not have a political class because so many have been killed. And the high judge died last week of COVID. So it's in utter chaos. But again, there seems to be a through link to America and France causing this destabilization in Haiti. Just wanted you guys general thoughts on what's happening there and also, my question is, do you think that the African diaspora should be doing more to help Haiti at this moment? Auntie Sade. I knew you was going to come to me after I just put some cracker. In oh, do you know what? I, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so um, I, I know a few bits about Haiti. I know it was the first... Um, of the islands to get revolution, um, to be freed. What do you call it again? I can't remember. Um, Independence. Independence, that's it, sorry. Um, and I know that they've been punished ever since for it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I just think that there is, it seems like, and it kind of links to the next story anyway kind of thing, but there seems to be this mass destruction going on because um, this is happening in Haiti, what's happening in South Africa at the moment, kind of thing, the destabilization of countries um, like this. It's just, it's just really heartbreaking. If I'm being honest, I'm not too sure what we can do at the moment in and apart from donate money at the moment kind of thing. So I'm definitely open and interested in ideas of what people think we should we can do to help. But I definitely think that there should be more of a global effort to do more, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Because we need to we need to help protect these people at all costs, man. Like this cannot continue to happen. The basic, you know, pillaging of the country again and again and again. It's just it's enough now. And I, I really I don't know, ma'am. It just saddens me that this is still going on. And like after watching things recently, I know I'm a bit late, but like Exterminate the Brutes, I've still only watched yeah. episodes because it's just so hard. But like, I'm just like, is this not it? <laughs> this, is, this is what they're doing again. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's just, I feel helpless. I do. I feel, I, I do feel helpless and I wish I could do more. Auntie Farrow. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad, but I've got my conspiracy hat on, obviously, because as we all know, Haiti is one of those countries who, you know, the, they were the first to, they, they had lots of revolutions. Um, they were the first to be, to claim freedom at a great, great cost. They only, you know, they, I think they were still paying France until recently 
or they might even still be paying France. I can't even remember. But um, I, the fact that the Americans are so heavily involved in their politics. Ooh. Oh no, what's happened? Yeah, conspiracy um, told us. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. She, said she had a conspiracy hat on, and they were like, "No, you don't." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Auntie Kalechi, you just pick up um, while she comes back. What, what, what are your thoughts, Auntie Kalechi? Yeah, I just think that Haiti, like, God bless Haiti, ma'am. Like, I just think that there's so much that's happening that um, that's just, it's absolute BS as far as I'm concerned, to be honest. Like, even when we think about the, the way that Haitians are even portrayed in mainstream media and things like that, everything has been geared towards um, dehumanising the Haitians because France is so vexed that they got batted up. And, and you're making them pay you for, for the fact that you shouldn't have been there in the first place. You shouldn't have taken people there in the first place. Like, there are so many things historically that's been skewed. Um, and I think that when we're saying that what can we do as the diaspora, then it's important for us to um, educate ourselves, but also unlearn a lot of narratives. Um, the reason I say that is because even when we think about Haitian, it's, it's for a lot of people, it's synonymous with voodoo, right? And because of the way that these um, indigenous practices have been vilified and um, kind of demonized over time, people can't help but think that, well, you know, aren't they like subhuman anyway? And aren't they doing this and that anyway? But it was the very same Christianity that you're lauding that was used to do all of the things that caused so much trauma across the globe. So I just think that we need to do a lot of um, like unlearning, a lot of decolonizing the way that we see other black people and ask ourselves when we're told a specific narrative, like why, why? And then going to do the research so we know um, intimately what's going on. And I think that there are things that we can do, not just about giving money to them, but we've got to look at things like praising the, I think she's the head of the, um, is, she, is it the World Bank? A Nigerian woman, I could be wrong, is it the World Bank? Um, and people are like, oh my God, auntie, auntie, she's not, but you're still forgetting that they are responsible for the um, for the mythical um, um, third world debt that they're claiming a lot of these formerly colonized states owe them. They don't owe them anything. They don't owe them anything for having the um, audacity to want freedom, to want you to get the hell out of their country and to want to be emancipated from um, slavery and subjugation that, and oppression that they shouldn't have been in in the first place. So there are practical things that we can do apart from giving money, but it requires people to be okay with the fact that, for instance, we can't be as bougie as we want to be because we've got to ask what the, what the hell the World Bank is doing. Agreed. Auntie Farah, do you want to finish your points? Um, I, I was just saying, it, it kind of reminded me as well of um, when the Grenadian president was assassinated in 1983. And that's why I said I've got my conspiracy hat on because, um, any time that there is a country and they seem to be on their own path or trying to get on their own path or become self-sufficient, the big hats come in, don't they? And they take over. So the fact that America had some kind of influence and then the fact that it's all it's the Colombians that have come in, that's that's unusual. Like why the Colombians? You know, they're they're hired hitmen and they're trained assassins and all this sort of thing. So I'm just like, I've definitely got my conspiracy hat on. There seems to be a lot of unrest in some of the Caribbean's um countries at the moment so i wonder why this is so it's, it's just all types of sad and as i said it brought back a lot of and there's been a lot of um what's the word a lot of similarities between what's happened with this president and what happened with the 
for an aging president? Um, I was going to say Haiti stopped paying France in 1947, but they're obviously repaying in other ways because the country's been purposely kept destabilized by Western influence and by Western authorities. Um, for me, again, I think it's you can. It's so annoying that conspiracy is what it is because it's not conspiracy. It's actually there needs to be a separation from the actual nuttiness of conspiracy theories that come with crazy theories. But actually, what we're saying is conspiracy is true fact. It's it's truth. We know what it is. We know that these countries is too much evidence they conspire together to keep certain countries destabilized and a lot of it is white male pride and arrogance and indignance that these pickaninnies dared to um overthrow them and fight back and dare to have thought process like i think um, auntie shadi referenced exterminate all the brutes watch it with a <laughs> with a with a cushion to hide behind but um when you see what they've done to the world and the payback like if you know the story about oklahoma and, Tul and tulsa all those towns in America and stuff that they burnt down just because they dared to be independent and thrive and get on with their own lives. There's a real deep rooted problem with, I don't know, it's not fear. I, can't, I don't want to even give it fear. It's not fear. It's just this thing where they just do not want us to prosper on our own and get on with it. Um, I don't know. There's not much else I can say. The woman that you were talking about, uh, Auntie Collect, she is Ngozi Onkonjo Iwiala, and I think she's Director General of the World Trade Organization. Um, I think that's well, what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. in regards to what we're supposed to do, I think is as I think so far who's spoken has said, research. What I hate, and I think I've said it before, is the misinformation. When I was trying to get through this story, you go through one end, you go from that end. I've seen that this this president isn't well liked, and I've seen other people say, "Well, no, we like him," and it was the other one that we didn't like, and all this type of stuff. The misinformation that that's put out there, where you're just so confused, so when you're in the diaspora, you don't know who, what side to take. It's like when people talk about Idi Amin and. Uh, and other dictators. Um, sorry, who's the one that just passed not long ago with the moustache? Mugabe. Mugabe. Sorry, Mugabe. You know, you've got some people who are so strongly for him and for what he was doing. Others, like, he's seen him as a brute and a dictator. So it's very hard to pick sides when you're in the diaspora and not having all the information. So it is about doing research as best you can and just trying to, I don't know, align where you can with your brothers and sisters. But it is very, very difficult to really understand what's going on and which side to take and uphold and then do the good fight for it. Um, Auntie Nano. Um, while I was doing the research on this as well, um, I came across a video of Joe Biden in the, it kind of looked like maybe the 80s, 90s, talking about Haiti. So at this point, I think somebody else had been assassinated or something had happened. It was unstable. And he's on an interview and they are saying, um, they asked him, why is it that you have an interest in Bosnia and not an interest in Haiti? And he was like, I don't care what happens to Haiti. I don't care if, they, if, if the island sinks or if it rises three foot in the air. It has nothing to do with an American interest. And this is the thing I always, it's not like I'm lording up Trump, but I'm just saying that they're all as evil as each other. And there's so many different practices that kind of Trump put in. So how in February, Biden set this decree in motion and thousands of, of Haitians were deported. They thought that they would have some license to be in America. This was some propaganda spin that was put forward to them. So a lot of Haitians left Mexico, went across the border into America and were just captured on wholesale and sent back to Haiti while it's been in this whole political mire and people are getting killed and everything else. So it's like there's some real 
deep-rooted wickedness that's taken place kind of before our eyes, but not because we're not seeing it. And it's it's no coincidence that it was the first black republic and they've just never been able to grow. When you look at the difference between Haiti and Dominican Republic, and it's like, it's the same island, but one island is lush and green and has forests and, and uh, Amazon. And it's like, and then you have the other side where they purposefully in them leaving in the 1800s, burnt down all of the trees so that they wouldn't be able to flourish. And just looking at the images of the two, the two, the island, but the two different sides of it, it's like, this is an amazing amount of fuckery to take place on one country because they declared independence. And it's the best way to really show, to demonstrate to everybody else, you want your independence, but if you follow our way, look at how it can be if you're from the DR. Look at how it is when you're a Haitian. It's just, yeah, it, ah, it was just pissing me off, really. Like, you know when you're getting so angry, you actually do yeah. want to become a sniper. Like, it, that, that, that was the rage <laughs> yeah. that I was feeling today. Like, I wanted Once to again, jump on the roof. The comments of Auntie Nama are not <laughs> echoed by the rest These of the These are mine alone, my thoughts alone. But that was how I was feeling. The rage was that deep. I wanted to sniper people. But it's it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I was feeling lost, literally, when I was coming up with that question. I was like, what can I, what can I do? I watched um, a documentary on Syria and the call out for people to go to Syria. And, I, and then I started thinking, so if Haitians put a call out to the diaspora, like come and help us to secure our independence. We were the first black independent Republic in the Western hemisphere. This is, this is yours as well. Like Haiti is for you. Would you go over and fight for them? No, see, I wouldn't because what do I know? I, I wouldn't because I, I'm already destabilizing this country in the West. There's not enough. Um, we're not. We're not. We're not taught to be warriors or soldiers anymore. We don't have that mentality. We've been very placated by living in the West, especially in the diaspora. We already. We're already suffering in quotes. Working class. No, trying to find our way out of this rat race. To think I'm going to leave this rat race and this this working class level to go and fight for a country I'm not connected to. I have no information about. Truthfully, I'm not going to do that. I. I, Ghana's got issues. I'm not even going to go to Ghana necessarily, or maybe I'd I'd be more inclined. We haven't got that mindset where every black country is our black country because we've been tried, we've been um, colonized. Our minds are colonized as much as we we can be as free and like we're black and we're proud and we're from our we identify our roots, culture, country, culture, and all that type of stuff. The reality is, even if Ghana put out a call, guys, come home and fight for us. I don't know if I'd be able to do that, but I'd be more inclined to do that before I go to Haiti. I've no ties to Haiti. That's a real fact. So I think it's very hard. Or it'd have to be like an en masse that everyone agrees. There'd have to be a bit of sheep-minded thinking. I, it'd be hard for me personally to be like, yeah, I'm going. To but what, might, what are we going to fight for, exactly? So we're going to go fight against the West, the global West. Yeah, so we're going to go, we'll be going to fight to create a, a, a truly black republic. Oh, no, baby. Um... <laughs> No, like no. I think that is. I think it's a very fair question. I think that it's something to um, discuss. But for me, I'm very, very cautious about like who am I fighting in the name of, right? Like who's um, the leader of the country that I'm going to go and fight in the name of? So as Auntie AK said, like, am I going to go to Nigeria to go and fight for Nigeria? Like, if Nigeria decided bomb tomorrow, 
they've got beef with Britain, are you coming to back it? I'm going to have to think a little bit. Like, I'm definitely not back in Britain, but I want to know who I'm backing here in Nigeria. Because, again, when we're talking about colonised minds, when we're talking about colonised mindsets, that Nigeria would not exist if it wasn't for the amalgamation of different ethnicities of people forced, mm. you know, together. This forced amalgamation due to British imperialism, right? So there's already tensions there. And because they were constructed by um, due to British imperialism, that means that the the DNA is there. The DNA of Britain is is there. And so we have to have that whole discussion about how do we take that out? How do we extract all of that? So I'm, am I going to go and fight for that? What's going to happen there? You know, so it's it's really difficult thinking like, how can I be of use? But I also understand that within this white supremacist patriarchal society that we live in, my black woman body doesn't hold a lot of value in terms of um, when we're talking about morally, it doesn't hold a lot of value in the in um, in the kind of pers- from the perspective of the white gays, right? So if I take my physical body over there to go and defend other people, they'll be like, "I kill you all together." That is that ain't a problem. That ain't a problem. Like they'll take you all out together. But if it was a white person's body, that's politicized as having more value than our bodies, right? So they should go and put their body forward. As far as I'm concerned, like if you want to be an ally. All of you go and take your bodies and you go fight for this cause. And you won't get anything. You're not going to get a pat on the back. You're not going to get nothing. Just go and use your body to be a shield because you know that they're not going to really hurt you lot like that. If you are there, they're not going to bomb it up like that. They're not going to, you know, they're going to, they're not going to underfund it. They're not going to do certain things when they know that you're there. They're not going to attack it in the same way. So go and utilize your bodies to help us with this cause. Interesting. Should we get the comments? Sure. Um, so Nicola says, uh, Guyana is the same with America on a path um, of land grab and control. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff says, uh, Jeff, oh, sorry, <laughs> Germany still pay, pays Israel and also says, if you don't follow the West imperialist agenda and narrative, you're automatically branded a tyrant. Um, Nicola says, um, didn't YKF try to run for president? I think he did. Um, and Antoinette says, public enemy said it years ago and we didn't believe them. It's the fear of a black planet. And Claudia's laughing out loud to your comment on usual body. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we will probably no doubt come back to this. It's very, very, very interesting. Oh, oh, I'll bring it up again later. Auntie Sade, what have you heard? Okay, so my story, hey, mate, it's the massive story of the week, I think, personally because we're talking about football. Football did not come home. It did not come home. It's going Rome. It's going, football's going Rome. And it went. uh... It really, it really did. So England lost out on winning the Euros to Italy. Uh, They lost some penalties and Trino, the fans were pissed. Um, Notably footballers, uh, Rashford, Sancho and Saka all missed their penalty shots. And it just so happens that these players are all black. Now, um, basically this seemed like it was the perfect excuse for so-called football fans to ramp up their vile racism in some sort of twisted retribution um, for the loss on Sunday. Um, A foul game has been circulating online, encouraging white people to win points for harming black people and not mild things, not simple things. We're talking things like spitting at people, punching people, driving into people, raping people. And when I say people, I mean black people, 
all four points, which is insane. And there have been reports of black people being beaten up, thrown in train tracks, thrown in the river. Marcus Rashford's um, memorial was defaced, not to mention the N-word was trending on Twitter as well. There was even a conservative politician, Natalie um, Elphick, I think her name is, Elphiki or something, um, who uh, suggested in her WhatsApp group that Rashford should have spent more time perfecting his game and less time on politics, playing politics. There was a Savilis, um, a state agent employee in Manchester, Andy Bone, who's under investigation for, N, um, for a racist tweet. He said the N-words have ruined us. He's actually now suggesting that his um, account was, one of his two racist accounts were, was hacked, imagine. And um, you know, obviously it's bad when you have the FA, you have our Prime Minister Boris Johnson, you have Will and Kate, <laughs> basically, all putting out statements condemning these racist attacks. And then I really did love um, the way Tyrone uh, Mings, I think it is, he called out the Home Secretary, uh, Preeti Patel, her mm -hmm. hypocrisy, as she stoked um, the, uh, the fire at the beginning of the tournament, calling, um, kneeling for BLM as a um, uh, just a politics and basically failing to discourage fans from booing them when they did this. And now she's suggesting that she is disgusted by the racism. Um, and then you have Inge England footballer Callum Hudson, and help me the gun names, o Ode, I think, Ode. Yeah, Ode, okay, cool. Um, who changed his nationality from England to Ghana, so he'll no longer be playing for the English national team. So, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> so I just wanted to know, your ladies, like, what are your general thoughts? Do you think that black people are only useful in England when they're excellent? Are you happy that England lost? Do you think nationalism is on the rise? And are you against, or for or against the idea of verification on Twitter and Instagram and other social media platforms? Oh, Auntie Nana. <laughs> okay. Oh, we can't hear you, you're muted. Mute yourself to unmute, to mute. There we go. <laughs> Am I on now? Yeah, stay in. Um, well, you have lots of questions there. Okay, so am I happy that England didn't win? Um, I, I'm, I was intrigued, yeah. So while I was watching it, I didn't want them to win uh, because I'd bet on Italy winning. But I needed Italy to win by two points to make as much money as possible, and that didn't happen either. So I didn't want them to win. But I also didn't want them to win for exactly what has taken place, like the chaos of it all. I wanted to see what the fans were going to do. I wanted that to play out just to have an insight into, yeah, just the chaos, like where, where it was going to go. And it actually wasn't as chaotic as I thought it was. So I'm not too sure that I actually believe the extent of this game online and um, if it's really, really affecting Black people. For, like if we're really in that danger because I think there's something about that that fear that goes out into the world and it's like they're always trying to make us fearful there's something that they prey on that black people feel scared and I don't know what it is I don't know I don't know what our superpowers are yet so it's like I, but I do know that they're always trying to make black people en masse be scared of something and so I'm not I'm not buying this whole
thing of people are being thrown into train tracks or they probably are being spit on, but people get spit on all the time. People get punched all the time. I, I don't know if football is the is the cause of that. Um, and the hypocrisy of everybody that has come out with their statements, I absolutely am like, yeah, this is this is what they're going to do. The most annoying one was William, though. I was like, oh, shut up. Like, just each time him and his barled comes on TV, it just pisses me off, or in a newspaper. It's just like, just please, please shut up. And still, <laughs> just going on another point, I really feel like they cut Charles out. Like, he is the one that's supposed to be the next king. But why is there such a focus on William? Like, Charles is not going to get his, his moment. Even if it's a year that he is king, it's still a year. I don't really like the way they're bypassing Charles. I think Charles needs to step up and start talking a little bit more. But, you know, on the football thing, you know, it is what it is. Auntie Kalechi. Yeah, I think, um, I don't think, this is this was the story that I actually wanted to talk about. I just think that is the, it's the main story because there are so many tangents, like mm. um, Auntie Shade pointed out. But um, also, like, Auntie Nana said, like, I think that the reason that we're bypassing Charles is because Charles doesn't want to do it. He does not want to do it. He just wanted to be with Camilla, um, you know, he's Camilla Gialden and 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 be there with his baby girl. He just didn't, he does not want to be involved in any of this. He, in fact, I, I think he probably thinks like, right, my days are, you know, long gone. I don't, I'm not going to get any benefits from this. Society has changed too much for me to get any benefits from, from this whole thing. And um, so, yeah, I just don't think he wants it. And for Harry to say that he, he knows that his dad and his brother are trapped the way that he felt trapped, Charles definitely doesn't want to be on the main stage. Um, I just don't think he's got it like that. He just doesn't want it. Um, but regarding everything that's happening, I was very clear that I did not want England to win. I never support England in any tournament. I just don't. England, Great Britain, I don't do it. Um, it's just my personal stance. But at the same time, I don't want to be a party pooper. Like, you, man, can do what you want. Like, if you want to join them in celebrations, do that. And I understand why one would, because when you see people who look like you, who are doing excellent things, you want them to succeed. But at the same time, the conflict is that they're going to succeed and they're going to help a country that doesn't respect them anyway. Like, those same, all four of them, um, four or five of them black guys, um, the footballers, if they leave the football pitch and they get into their cars, they are still subject to being stops and search at a disproportionate rate. They are still subject to, um, you know, um, being susceptible to um, excessive force being used upon them should they interact with the police force. Like, those things are still going to happen. If England won, black women, the maternal mortality rates would still be the exact same thing. Nothing is going to change. In fact, the only thing that's going to change really, the biggest thing that's going to change is the sense of nationalism. The ethno-nationalists and their agenda can, continues to grow daily. That win would have meant something more than us black people would really realize for a lot of the racist white people who are in this country. And really they spread themselves all out across Europe. You know, you're talking about it's coming home, it's coming home, but you don't even live at home. So where is it coming home to? You live in the South of France, you've put a pub there, but you're talking about it's coming home. You need to shut up. So it's really weird to me, this idea of, you know, where it's coming home too and i understand that black people really really wanted to believe in something you know especially after like the over a year that we've had of the pandemic and lockdown and everything you wanted this kind of general sense of um joy with and and hope 
because hope is a really, really powerful thing. And people wanted that. They wanted that hope. But the thing is, what are you hopeful for? You've got to be realistic. And this is what we were saying earlier when we're talking about Haiti and the diaspora. What exactly are you saying? If you're living here, what exactly are you saying by saying it's coming home, England, England? Because they still don't like you. They, and and we're, we're, we're taking part in something that's really weird. And like um, Auntie Nana said, this culture of trying to tune us into this frequency of fear constantly it's not by accident things happen to your body we, we talk about racism um but i don't think we delve into enough how racism and um, the reason it thrives so much is because it is psychological and spiritual warfare it actually is so if i keep you in a constant state of fear you can't do anything else like you are just constantly in a traumatized state that sends out cortisol. Your cortisol levels are constantly high. So then we're talking about, oh, we've got high blood pressure within our communities. Oh, we've got this and we've got that. We've got that. And you're not thinking that the reason that that's happening is because constantly you feel like you're on, like you're under attack. And that's not to say that we aren't literally under attack, but we've got to start thinking like, how are we participating in the gaslighting? So I love the fact that more people are calling out the fuckery and calling out Preeti Patel, calling out Boris Johnson, because you're very mad. What the hell do you mean that you, you think that this is terrible, but every day you're jumping on Twitter with your 70K eyebrows that you claim to have done. You're jumping on Twitter to talk about, oh, well, we've just stopped another small boat today. We've just stopped these people. We've just deported these people, um, illegal people from coming in our country. And I think it's really interesting the, um, the language that's being used about small boats. You're acting as if the boats don't have people in them. Right. And what did you do to destabilize their countries that they would need to get into these small boats to flee, to come here, that they're literally jumping out of the pan to run into the flame? How? What is happening there? So I think that more people are becoming like clued up to it. But I didn't want England to win because I wanted people to see exactly what England looks like. This is the country that you wanted it to come home to. The moment they lost, you lot had to go and do Dora Milaje. Everyone had to go and put a force field around these black boys because you knew exactly what was coming to them. And this is the country that you wanted it to come home to. It's a madness. Nothing should come home to them. And in fact, it won't come home to them until 3066. That's what I've ordained <laughs> over their life. I'm too far right. <laughs> Ah, oh, boy, you lot said a lot of things that I, I, I fully, fully back. Firstly, I never support England in any tournament ever. And the reasons I don't support them is what Auntie Kletchy said. I cannot support a country that doesn't support me. So my you, you supporting me is based on how well people that look like me perform on the pitch or on the tennis court or in the Olympics or whatever it may be. That's what you're basing it on. The minute you don't do... You don't do more than excellent because let's face it, we can't just be excellent. We've got to be more than excellent. So the minute we don't achieve that, you're the, you're then spouting all this hatred. Every single black person, if you watch the game or not, knew. Let any black boy miss a penalty, miss a goal, miss an opportunity to score. They're going to come for them. We said it. It was put out there beforehand. They are going to come for them. Protect these boys. How many times did you see that across the internet over the course of this whole tournament? Protect these boys at all costs. And why? Because we knew. Let them miss. This is what's going to happen. Gary Neville was on Sky Sports and Sky News um, the day after, and he was he did a brilliant interview. And you know, the newsreader was like, "Do you think that um, the prime minister needs to take a leaf out of?" Um, Gareth Southgate's book in terms of how well he's handling the situation. Gary Neville was like, 
He called Muslim women letterboxes. Yes, he does need to take a leaf out of this book because he is stoking the flames of the fire. He absolutely is. Him and, him and Preeti Patel, Preeti Patel stood in parliament yesterday and she was, that all of the people were saying to her, but yes, you keep talking about social media being the cause of it, but didn't you stand here the other day and say that it's okay for them to boo them? Yes, I, yeah, well, she, she avoided that question. She was like, yes, but it's social media. You're right, it isn't just Instagram. But bruv, you're not listening to what they just asked you. They said, what about what you said? You cannot on one day say it's fine for them to boo everybody because it's freedom of speech. And the next day be chatting about the internet and the um, Facebook and all the social media platforms need to do better in stopping these um, these racist slurs and all these things happening. My other point about the, about social media is they can flag it when you say COVID. They can flag it when you put a piece of music up that they don't say. They can flag it when I want to promote a planting t-shirt and tell me that it's wrong. They can flag that shit. But you can't flag when someone wants to use the N-word. Everyone is partaking in this nonsense, this bullshit. As for William, we all know that William is trying to do his best PR job since everybody knows that it's you and your wife that said the thing about the baby. So you're trying to do your best PR job. So everywhere you can turn up and say something about racism, you're saying it. Yet for all, all now, miss me. What about your sister-in-law? What about your nephew? You want to stand up and chat about football, a fucking game, a game at the end of the day but you won't talk about the racism that your blood, your blood, your nephew endued. You endued uh, in, in, it was, I can't even speak, I'm so fuming. But you can't talk about that. You wanna talk about fucking football. You and your dead wife wanna stand around in the stadium going, oh my God, yes, look at them, look at them, look at them. Look at them failing. I wanted England to lose. Yes, I'm gonna say it. I wanted them to lose because if they won, we would never hear the end of it. Our grandchildren's grandchildren would be talking about it and they wouldn't even mention the fact that it was the black boys that helped you get there. They would be chatting shit about Harry Kane and all these other white men. They wouldn't be talking about the black boys that helped them get there. It is disgusting that this is going on, but I'm not surprised. Everyone said everything I wanted to say. Um, I did not give a damn. I wasn't watching it. Um, the only, actually, the only thing I kept an eye on Twitter to see what the results were, so then I could um, adjust my hat accordingly. I didn't give a damn. I wasn't watching it. I'm not calling any England support coming home where all the everything you lot have said. Not interested. One bar of it. Very, very annoyed with um, black people getting all involved. I understand you like if you like football, you like football. You can't help it. But for all of them, like yeah, we are gonna. Oh, the minute you say we, I'm switching off, mate. It's not no we in this game. We're never the we. We're never ever the we. So shut up about the we. Enjoy football, but don't ever forget yourself and say about the we. So I, I do actually want to extend a big old hug to all of the black people that thought racism was over because of the game. I, I know you're hurting right now. I know you're distressed. They're there. Poor you, idiots. Um, what else did you ask? I think what what other things? There's so many so many things out of this. Pissed off about the fucking hypocrisy. You've seen the state of Leicester Square. The state of Leicester Square and, and the way the fans were going on. Did it, one thing I've seen in I've seen a few like hooligan videos, right? Why do white football hooligans go like that when they when they want to have a fight? It's like they swing their arms like monkeys. Imagine they got the cheek to call us monkeys. But there's so many videos. It's like the way that they start swinging from buses. They swing it, but there's this thing what they do, and I've seen it in quite a few like when they get ready for a fight, it's like they've got swinging their arms. They're like bloody baboons. The all the all the footage of the way that they destroyed, they stormed Wembley, they stormed Leicester Square, just vex, 
angry Neanderthals because of a fucking game. It's a game. Like I'm, I, I get passionate when literally I'm only when World Cups on and Black Stars are playing, and then I whittle down to whatever black teams left. Yeah. But yes, I get the enthusiasm and the excitement. But you destroyed the whole England that you love, the London tan that you love. Did you see how the way you fucked it up and mashed it up after the game? After it you destroyed after, London. After the game. Destroyed it before. Before, before during, after. In they were the in Leicester Square with fireworks up their bums. Up their bums, flares up their bums. That's 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 you representing that's the land good. of you lot are better than us, yeah. You're better than me. You're you with a fucking flare up your ass is better than me. <laughs> All right, then say, say nothing. That's My a master race. That is this the master, master race. race in their bum hole. As a master race with a flare in their bum hole. That's, that's, that's who I'm aspiring to be. Um, my <laughs> daughter worked hospitality at Wembley and I was fearful. I was like, that's another reason why I didn't sleep. I was like, she had a night shift from eight to the morning. Um, she said it was, she was luckily working in a box. So she was away from the nonsense, but she said getting in, she, she, I won't say the energy agency she worked for, but they fucked up. They had all had the call time was the same time as um, fans entering. She was there when they stormed the entry. She was oh shit God. scared. She said some fans picked her up. My daughter's a little bit picked her up what? and shaking her you know, you know, Auntie Farah, shaking her around saying football's coming home and she was like, she had to fight to get them to tell them to put her down. You know, you're like, um, she had to fight to get put down. Then the, the oh, thing God. was stormed. She, the people were like, run! All the people, the staff had to run into the entry. She had um, police dogs, police horses that were skittish, you know, like, see that talk yeah. about getting in the chest. Police horses skittish, police dogs barking, bottles shit being sh um, thrown. They had to be rushed in. Then they had to be shut in a room. So she said some one of the staff members was left outside. They were like, we're not opening the door. So he's banging on the door trying to get in. No. It's like fucking carnage. And she said that part, mum, I'm traumatized. That's the part. Luckily she didn't see anything else because she was in a box, thank God. And then just general, just disorganization. They had to be let out staggered bit by bit. They heard them um, over the tannoy security announced that some Italian staff member was being kicked to death. A woman, not sorry, let me stop being dramatic. Kicked up, sorry. She was stomped on because she's Italian and it was a woman. She got stomped. And so she, yeah, she just said it was a night, it was disgusting. So those are things you've got to deal with. Like I've prayers up to every single hospitality member who had to deal with that shit last night, I mean, on, after the match. But just generally, it's just fucking bullshit. Um, Auntie Shade. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw the footage and I was just like, what the hell? Like, they can, they can never tell us anything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, any time, like, for protests, for, do you know what I mean? Like, for, for carnival, like, how can you tell us anything after that kind of behaviour? It's just absolutely disgusting and it's a total double standard i do think that um yes i do think that it, at the moment like well for the longest time I, it does feel like we're only black people are only useful if we're we're excellent do you know what i mean and i i kind of want to see a time and i think I, i've said this before like i just want you know we're not a monolith i think that people black people should be allowed to be average man we should allow to be normal boring we should we're, we should be allowed to be dumb as well kind of thing i think we should be allowed to have it all and when we're, when we're allowed to do that that's when we will have true freedom and true equality do you know what i mean um i think that nationalism is definitely on the rise i i, I can't lie when i saw um number 10 covered in flags i was just like what is this that, that flag to me represents colonizer that's that's what that represents to me so i don't want to see it um um I, I don't want to see it all the time to be honest do you know what i mean and like uh, you know 
at one point I lived in Bermondsey, I know exactly what that flag means, you know? So it's just not, it's not the one. It doesn't, it doesn't spark joy in me um, at all kind of thing. So I think like, you know, as Auntie AK said previously, Preeti, the shepherd of the devil, um, you know, I think, <laughs> I think she's, you know, she's just trying to play both sides really and truly at the end sure. of the day. I think, uh, I really, I don't know who's gonna, I, I, unfortunately, I think that she might become prime minister. <laughs> I think she's got her. Uh, I, I don't yes. want it to happen, but I think it's going to. It's gonna happen. Yes. I think, and, and and this is just like another example where she can just say whatever she wants to say. You know? Do you know what I mean? And no one's really properly pulling her up on it. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like, oh, you know, that thing. Just forget about that. You know, let's concentrate on social media. However, I do think that you know social media companies especially like facebook and twitter yeah. they do need to do a hell of a lot more i think like id should be standard basically yeah. like i i i don't think so you that, don't and that, that, I, no and I, and I forgot that that was the one of the things that you said that i was i'm trying to remember to touch on i do not think that i mean twitter has my all of the platforms have my id you know for very uh, verification but at the same time there are people who do a lot of great work um, and for these platforms, these private companies, for instance, to have their details um, and to have their um, IDs and things like that. We've got to think about data and who we're giving our data to. I mean, we can have this whole um, debate and whatever, but I think that there aren't enough regulations in place that could stop people from misusing your data, that could stop people from putting you yeah. in harm's way in certain places. And, and a lot of these um, private companies, they are beholden to the governments that, you know, of the countries that they work within. Look how long it took people to be able to call out Trump. So Trump was... Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, you know. You froze, as soon as you mentioned oh, Trump. Oh, oh, Trump. As soon as you mentioned ah. Trump. Yeah, <laughs> on to us today. Am I back? Am I yeah, back? Yeah, you're back. So um, what, he was doing the wildest things and he was, um, you know, he was allowed to kind of do that. It was only when they knew that he was on his way out that suddenly it was just like, yeah, now we're going to ban him from doing this. And now we're going to ban him from saying that. So yeah. um, so um, I look at I look at what um, happened there. They weren't really going to do anything because they didn't want to piss off the presidents or the prime ministers of the countries that they operate in. So they'll gladly hand over your details if you were saying something. And who gets to decide really what is legal and what is lawful? A lot of these activists that are calling out things that some of us can't call out in our day jobs, they need that, un that anonymity, right? Mm -hmm. And then you take that anonymity away from them, then they are more susceptible to, to, to getting got. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that those things I consider, I also consider trans people, I consider non-binary people. What mm -hmm. identification are some of them able to provide to these people, to these companies? because they're likely to be misgendered and then also to be put in a harm's way again as well when their um, legal, quote unquote, identities can um, can be found. So that it's just, I feel like sometimes when we, we want a quick solution to things, but life has become so complex and layered and nuanced that sometimes something that looks really, really obvious is actually dangerous to people who are marginalized um, in ways that we are not. Yeah, so I was, I did actually think about that. And I think, yeah, I do think it's like a short term solution. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I think, okay, there's two, there's two ways I was thinking about it, actually, I was thinking like, 
maybe this is what they want anyway. So they're creating all this and allowing this um, this racism to exist on their platform. So people will demand for it. So then they don't have to convince them. You can just hand up your data and, and there's no issue. But then at the same time, I do think they can get our data anyway. Do you know what I mean? So there's that. So like, I think, I don't know. I think I, what, what I guess what I'm, I guess there's, there's a there's a part of me that looks at it like, okay, like, it just help it it can on the surface at the least help people think before they post or think before they tweet or think because they won't have the same kind of anonymity as they as they have at the moment kind of thing but yes i'm aware that there are issues with it as well kind of thing but yeah. in general i do yeah. think that football itself is just a whole big plan of mass distraction anyway. It just reminds yes. me of the days of the Romans where yeah. they were just like, okay, there's famine. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing, we're gonna kill this country over here. Um, quick, 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 let's distract them. Let's just have gladiators fight to eat to the death. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing and get all the people in. And this is literally the same practice that they've been doing for centuries, essentially. Do you know what I mean? And just get people, get people to love something so arbitrary, so far away from them, Get pay the players, like overpay the players kind of thing so they can't get out of the cycle. And yeah, it's just like, it's just like one big massive con, basically. It's just, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna say quickly about what you mentioned about um, it should deter people. As somebody that has gone through my share of um, getting trolled over the years for being so kind of like visible on social media and saying certain things on social media, that means that people just come at, at me. To be honest, the people who do that the most are people who already have their identities online. Uh, the people that you can already see their faces. Mm. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the anonymous ones are usually bot farms, troll farms. Who yeah. are paying? Who's paying for these mm. bot farms? Like they will automatically, and yeah. now I'm getting slick with them because I'm not writing a caption when I put a video. You know, I moved to putting out more videos. Like they can't, they can't figure out what I'm saying in the video. They can figure out what I'm saying in the tweet, right? Mm -hmm. So they could just respond. And so when I put a caption before, and I, um, my most recent video when I was talking about Boris Johnson and the working class white boys, I put a caption and I put the video. In the video, I elaborate on what I wrote in the caption, but the bot couldn't figure it out. So the bot was responding because it didn't know. And people were like, she already said that. She literally says that in the video. So mm -hmm. obviously I clock that. I know that it's a bot. These governments are paying for that. Celebrities pay for these bot farms. Everyone's mm -hmm. paying. So we're, we're trying to end the problem that's actually being fueled by um, the, those who, like the, you know, the people who are benefiting from it, ce celebrities and above. Yeah, yes, no. get the comments and then. Okay, cool. One second. Oops. So. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Right. Would be nice if I could see them. <laughs> okay. You don't see them? Yeah, they're coming up slowly though. Okay. While you're looking for them, can I just say quickly about Italy? Um, you know, like people are like, oh, um, but Italy are colonizers too, so they shouldn't have won either. And I just want to make sure that I put it out there that I don't care about Italy. I didn't want Italy to win either. I didn't want any colonizer state to actually win. But if we're talking logistically in terms of the hierarchy of um, um, colonizers, 
there, there are more people that speak English in the world than there are yeah. people that Italian. speak Italian. Yeah. So if somebody was going to get it other than these lot, then and it just ha so happened to be Italy, then that's fine. But I don't think Italy is by any means better than Britain. I think that Italy is disgusting in the racism that they also perpetrate. Just want to make that clear. Non Disco. You can't really think of a European country that isn't. <laughs> Every European country is a part of yeah. like, like there's there's nobody that really deserves to win the Euros. Really, absolutely. that were colonized though. Yeah, there were European colon countries that were colonized. So they. So I think that again, sometimes that comes down to our misinformation as well. And like the and things smaller, like that. Yeah, yeah, so, so um, under Russia, so there are other countries and they haven't gotten there. So when sometimes we go, Europe, colonise and No, there are literally other um, countries yeah. in Europe that did not colonise. And maybe they would have if they had the power, but like literally speaking, factually speaking, they did not colonise anybody. So maybe it, it should have gone to them, man. But that's not saying that they're not ethno-nationalists as well. Yes, yeah, but specifically when it comes to football, generally the last four are always a part of the same big four colonizers yeah. like, and definitely i agree italy are kind of like they they if you put it in a pecking order from having the roman empire they were quite shit when it came to this new wave of colonizing they lost like really they they weren't like yeah. yeah because they had their day already yeah they had yeah. Their, and, and these these men will have their moment as well it's just how do we speed up this shift to take place for their outing. And I think they draw us in every so often that we join them. Uh, what I wanted to mention- well, you know what I mean? Go um, on, go on, go on, see, um, a Crepton Conan, and I think they're called okay. Dem Boys and their, their football song, that it's coming home song. I was so disappointed in Black Boys Mate. really jumping on that and producing a football song. I was, I, I thought they knew a little bit more, like I, I but, those two specifically, I thought they were a little bit more clued up. I was like, how are you man doing this? This is disgraceful. But this is, you know what you said about how do we change? Then every black person needs to stop supporting. That's one little thing. Stop supporting the country. Do what or they did and play for your country. Play for your... You know, that's not actually country. true. Oh, is it not? Oh, is no. It not? No. Oh, so fable. It went around. Loads of people believed it, but it's not true. Hmm. All right, let's get a comment. That's disappointing. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, Tasha says, parents with kids in hospital can't be in, uh, be in the room with their sick children together. Right. Um, but Wembley Stadium is full. COVID didn't reach Wembley or Wimbledon, it seems. Um, Candy says, the way people keep saying it's a small element of the country and it's not who we are, oh, please. Um, there are way too many people saying they're shocked again. And it's like, really? Yeah. Um, Tasha also says, uh, the flag reminds me of the NF and the BNP. Um, yeah. also says white people are not going, um, to let, let an Asian woman run Britain. We'll see. We're gonna um, see it. <laughs> uh, Shelly says it was great to see, um, to see down here in Southern Italy, Italian and English fans respecting each other in the piazza. Okay. Nice. All right, let's move on. I mean, there's so much you could say, but we got to move on. Um, to what have I heard? Auntie AK, what have you heard? Well, guess what I heard? Jamaica is asking the Queen, Lizzie, for their money. Run me my money, Lizzie.
basically they're now planning making more strides I, I thought this was already in motion they're making jamaica's plans to seek reparations from britain over slavery um they're asking Britain for compensation for the Atlantic slave trade in the former British colony, a senior government official said, under a petition that could seek billions of pounds in reparation. Um, as we all know, the Jamaica was one of the islands at the center of the slave trade, with the Spanish then the British forcibly transporting Africans to work on plantations of sugarcane, bananas, and other crops that created fortunes for many of their owners. And as we also know, and some people don't, um, that once slavery was abolished, these islands, as we mentioned with Haiti, had to pay reparations. And that comes in the form of reparations and world debt um, to these people who are so upset for losing their um, their product, that is human bodies, working for them for free and torture and losing their culture to make sure that they're rich. They were so indignant that they asked for money from those countries that wanted their independence and so forth and so on. I don't even have a question necessarily. Um, I just wanted to have that story out there and say I, I absolutely endorse this. How do you guys feel about this claim of reparations? But actually, because I don't think we've got this issue over here yet, but no matter we're following suit, in America, they've got this issue with critical race theory. They're arguing against it being taught. And um, when I was looking into the Haitian story, I think I pointed it out that um, there was a news story where the newsreader, the white newsman was like, when um, they had an expert on talking about Haiti, how Haiti had to pay reparations back to France, the newsreader was like, oh, I didn't know that. They had to pay back their slave owners. He was so shocked. So this is, and this in America, there's a big argument about critical race theory turning political. They don't want critical race theory, which is basically real. I think it's just basically true history, true American history, where you can actually have the objectives. The, yes, we had slavery. Yes, there are some good parts, potentially, of your American history. But they're also, the, let's look at the real things that you guys did objectively. They're arguing against that, say it's going to cause division. So my, I guess my point around this is that there's not enough information. People don't know about reparations and what our, our home countries had to do to, and why we're so destabilized. And that was just, I wanted to throw that in there. Critical race theory, getting reparations, um, and how what are your thoughts on it? I'll go with Auntie Farah first. Okay, <laughs> so reparations. I have long said that, fuck reparations, bear with me. What I want is them to cancel the debt. Because if you take, if you think about this, Jamaica on its own asking for reparations is billions, billions, right? If you take all the countries in the world that have been colonized, there is no way that the Westerners are going to give over that cash. They're just never, ever going to do it because it would destabilize their own countries and their own countries will then become third world countries. They're never going to do it. So my thing is, fine, don't give me back no money. Cancel the debt. If you cancel the debt in that all these countries have existing to this day, they will be in a much better place and they will actually be able to build something in their own country. What's the saying that I always get wrong? Give a man a, a seed and he can, for a day or whatever, you know that saying that I always, always get wrong. But you know what I mean? My, my, that's why I'm saying, fuck giving me the money because you're never going to do it. We're going to be fighting about this until the next bloody colonizer comes over and takes over some shit. Let's just scratch that, cancel the debt. That's what I reckon. Um, there was something else you said there as well. What was it? Critical race theory. So in terms of critical race theory, it makes me laugh that they don't want to talk about what they actually did. 
yet for all. These are the same people that are saying, don't pull down the statues because you're getting rid of our history. Keep it there. It's part of our history. So what if he owns slaves? So what? You're, you're getting, you're erasing our history. Well, then if, my whole thing is don't take down the statues then. Have a plaque next to the statue that says this yasso man here killed all these people, took them from their place and ship them and use them as cattle. Let's have that. Let's be real. Let's be honest about it. Or put the, everything in a British museum, take everything you have in a British museum that isn't yours and send it back to the countries so that, again, they can have the tourism and the industry and the trade from that shit. That's what needs to happen. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just those are my thoughts anyway. Auntie Nana. Um, yeah, I... I agree partially with what you're saying, Auntie Farah. Um, I do think collectively everybody should be pushing for reparations in some way, shape or, or other. Even if it is, the reparations is a cancellation of the debt. It should be that as well. Um, but I think the word reparations needs to be championed because they don't seem to like it on wholesale. So that means that it has some currency, it has some power. And we seem to like let them get us got free by giving other means out. Like especially in it in America, whenever it's mentioned, there seems to always be a whole load of black people that they wheel out saying, no, it wouldn't really work for black folk because they're just going to go and spend all the money. And it's like, however it happens, if you pay everybody individually, collectively, whatever, as long as it happens, that's more important than it not happening. And I don't want to give them any solutions on it. The reparations should be cancellation of debts. It should be paying for stuff. It should be filling in infrastructure. It should be us not paying taxes. There should be a whole gamut of stuff where actually you, you truly are trying to seek redemption in this lifetime for the fuckeries that your ancestors done because you'll never know peace. The, the rate of suicide, depression, all of these things will eat away at you consistently until all of us are on an equal footing. Until black people are treated well, nobody is going to have a successful time on this earth. It's just how it is. So reparations in any form, it needs to be done. I hope I see it in my lifetime. But collectively, I really would just like for all the African countries to do a China and just turn their backs on the West, chuck everybody out, self-isolate and create our own little haven. Everything comes from us already as it is. And I include the Caribbean in that as well. It's like, you took us there. This is this is a part of Africa now. We're all in it together. We just need to shut everybody out and do our thing. Create our own societies, like get back to our own traditions. When we're ready to trade with you, we'll come back and open up and, and you can be a part of our lives. But at this moment in time, they set the terms. Even returning artifacts, they're talking about loaning it to Benin. How can you loan something that you stole? That, that It doesn't even make any sense. But because they think we're all so flipping stupid, they could, that can come out of somebody's mouth. Somebody can say, but if we give this back to you, you don't have buildings to put it in. What do you know what we was doing with it? Because it wasn't being gawked at. It was being used. These were like ceremonial. Like nobody was walking around watching them. That's not what they're there for. 
You've had it for centuries. It's now time to give it back. It ain't going to be the displayed in the same way that you have done because that's what you do in your cultural practice. That isn't what we do. Just hand them back because they have power and they know this. And this is the whole thing. This is why they want to talk about we're loaning it to you because then they still have some cachet. We just need to just leave them to it. Like, I absolutely think they're alien. Nothing makes sense. It's like the brutish behavior is so out of this world it, we shouldn't even be talking to them normally. Like, this is like, we're not going to be expecting reasonable responses from the Queen, who has no power anyway, really. Like, she's just a puppet. So what's the point? Auntie Shadow. Um, yeah, I've, I agree. I think it's a case of and, not all. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, and clear the deck, and give us money. And we, just as though you were saying, Auntie Nana, do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Give us all the things. And like, and I totally, I totally, totally, totally agree. You will never know peace. Until until this is done and we're, we have a fair playing field, you will never know. Your people will never know peace. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. And we ain't going nowhere. That's the thing. So you're just going to have to suffer and watch us enjoy ourselves as, do you know what I mean? <laughs> as you saw, <laughs> really, Judy. Um... And I think, you know what, as well, they'll pay it off. Just do the same thing they did to them. Do you know what I mean? You you have this debt that you have to pay off. You might not pay off, but your great, 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 great fun son. And then they can send a tweet like HMRC did and say that it's been paid off in the future. Do you know what I mean? What was it you said, for, <laughs> Auntie Kalechi? 3066. By that time, you'll probably pay off the debt then. Do you know what I mean? And you can tweet about it, whatever it's there. But no, I think I think I think it's a piss take. Like she she has to respond, the queen has to respond, and she has to do it in a in a fair way at the end of the day. Like it's it's her duty. And if it's not her duty, then it's her grandson's duty if we're gonna skip out Charles. It's their duty, they have to pay back, they have to pay back the money, they have to repent. This country needs to repent for its sins. Really they have one way or another, they will repent. They have not even said sorry. The Queen said sorry Listen. to them in, in New Zealand. She went and they she did a whole apology thing. They have never, ever had a proper apology for slavery. They have not. No, they, they haven't. haven't. Because they refuse to accept responsibility. They What they do is they disassociate themselves. Oh, that was in 18... Right. A long time ago. Like, why are you talking about it to me? And this is this is the thing about with critical race theory. It's the suppression of it of information. It's 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 it's, it's, it's basically breeding ignorance. Is what and also as well. It's just that when their own people understand what they're actually doing to them, they're making them. This is your leaders, you know. This is what they're doing to. They starve you, you know. Do you know what I mean? That's your people doing it to you. At least it's not us doing it to us. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's ridiculous. Auntie Kalechi. everything um, that. As we said, Auntie Shade, like you said, it's a um, it's a case of and not all. Like, just give all the things, give all the things back. You definitely need to part with money first of all because money is not even real. So I don't care how you go and do it. Just go and get me my fucking money, right? And you can, like Auntie Shade said, I don't care if you're paying it off until thirty sixty six. Then your trophy will come home, but you must pay it back. You'll pay that money because there are billionaires right now trying to permeate the earth's atmosphere yeah so that means that they, they, the fact that billionaires even exist you can't tell me that you don't owe me no right. money and the reason that they're denying it is it's more um the reason that they they don't ever say sorry is, is because they do that would make them legally liable to yes. then pay compensation 
so or reparation exactly. however you want to call it so that's why they can't actually say it they don't actually say the words and any time somebody has slipped up and said anything like it it's like oh so open your purse oh no 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 no. what i meant was that it was a moral it's, it's a moral yeah. injustice that was not that was done not a literal one even though clearly it was a literal one you dickheads so <laughs> yeah just i just think it's mad like pay back money um get out of every aspect of the continent of africa get out um because the reason that money needs to be parted with it's not just a case of cancelling debt money needs to be parted with because yes i want you to shake a little bit I won't truly destabilize you because of the nature of white supremacist patriarchy, but I want you to shake a little bit. And also, money is how you lot got here in the first place. The reason that you were able to have what you have now is because of using our bodies to make profit, using us to make profit, using the wombs of black women to breed and to make profit. So therefore, you can run that check back, yeah? Or the back payment, run it back. So I, I definitely think that give us the money, cancel the debt, get the fuck out, and by them getting the fuck out, I don't now mean that China should now come and stretch their neck and enter right. because that's a colonialism. Everyone acting, everyone acting like and, and infantilizing black people, infantilizing Africans. Like we can't do our own things, run our own countries. So yeah, I just that's all I have to put in really. I won't waste time. It's literally I, you took my words, Auntie Kalechi. I'm gonna say it will never come home until you do right. So, and that's what the ancestors were like, you're not going to win this game. You're not going to pretend and score two goal in the beginning and whatever, ha ha. We're never going to bring this trophy home, ever, ever. The, river, the roads run red with blood, as they said, their leader said. Let's get the comment. Okay, so uh, Candy says, welcome to Jamrock, Liz. Um, Nicola says, uh, but Jamaica is after England for reparations, but then China in, swapping one colonist for another. And also says, my point is about liberation of the mind. Remember, many of these leaders were educated in Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale. So their thinking is centered around the Western mindset. Very true. Um, Candy says, the Commonwealth needs to stop trading and stop Britain profiting from them. Ghana has um, stopped exporting chocolate with Switzerland, which is great. Uh, and also says, it's only Scotland who have acknowledged their part and apologize. Red Border Arts, uh, what does that mean money isn't real i've heard a number of people say it who wants to take money that? is not money is not real money is literally, money is literally a fictitious concept real. like it's it not is. real it's based on so money they put it it's it's based on gold right the amount of gold that um, yeah. any kind of country has and then you can print money but the more money you print it lessens or um, increases the value yeah. of the gold that that country has the gold itself is a natural element from the earth from the earth's core that, that or you know from 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 what we have naturally so you don't actually need to put money by it you said that gold has value and that's when you in, inflicted currency upon it so um money slash currency is just fictitious you can print as much as you want can do what you like that's the whole point of inflation but it's going to lessen the the value of the gold that you hold so that's why cryptocurrency came in because it's actually reminding you that money isn't real and then there are other ways that you can you know trade like value is where you place it for instance diamonds and the de beers diamonds didn't have value until those belgian motherfuckers came through Branded and it. said that oh now we want it and then they coined the phrase diamonds are a girl's best friend now everyone's crying to have diamonds when they're proposed to so <laughs> it's value to the things that um help capitalism to thrive it's all yeah. branding for me it's like when you put in 
according to a machine and it's zero just any number you put in it's just all mythical there's no even when at least if you have something to physically exchange in a day you can feel like you're doing something let me trade two stones with you for a goat all them things there right now it's just some business says that these zeros is what you've got and I, and that's what people are dying for killing for countries are going nuts for zeros fictional digital it's long it's long it's not real auntie i was just gonna oh, sorry, um, Claudia just says, get me my fucking money. That sentence is currency. And Nicholas says, Auntie Charlotte sounds like whoopee character, whoopee character in the color purple, purple, purple. Whatever you do to me has already been done to you. Yeah. That, that is, that is the truth. That, that's what they're suffering and it will continue to happen. Yeah. Okay. Quickly. Auntie Farah, what have you heard? So. I hate this term, but I'm going to say it because this is what these fuckers are saying. And it's funny, it comes off the back of what we've just talked about. Freedom Day is on the 19th of July. Boris, in his usual wishy-washy, do this but don't do this, go out but don't go out, wear a mask but don't wear a mask way, is basically saying, on the 19th, all the rules are out the window, do as you please. There's no longer any social distancing. You don't have to wear a mask, but be cautious. So, you know, all the health, sec all the health secretary is saying, um, if we don't do it now, then when? However, cases are rising and, you know, whilst people have been vaccinated, it's proven that getting the vaccine doesn't mean that you're not going to get COVID and it doesn't mean that you can't spread COVID. It doesn't mean that you can't die from COVID, but it's just a shield. So my question to you is, how are you feeling with the approach of the 19th of July? And are you going to throw caution to the wind, rub up on some man that you didn't rub up on before, not wear a mask as you get on the chew and breathe on each other? <laughs> not going to rub up on no strange man at all, and unless it's carnival um, in another country, not here. And um, definitely going to wear my mask on public transport because that's my life. And uh, I just think the misinformation and not sure what's going on left, right and center. I don't know, I'm confused. I feel like I'm back to normal anyway, I'm up and down doing normal things right now. I don't feel as restricted as I did before. I'm definitely gonna wear my mask. I'm not not take, I'm not not wearing my mask on public transport, I refuse. Auntie Kalechi. Well, um, I mean, I have a pole dance studio in it. So this is um, really a t one I've been debating with um, the managers that I've put in place, like, you know, I've put certain measures, even before COVID came along, um, before Roro stepped up in the place, like I've always been particular about hygiene at the studio. So nothing really changed for me when we were allowed to open in terms of how the studio would run, because we already pretty much had a lot of the things anyway, like sanitizing the poles, like between classes and things like that. Um, we'd always do that. So it's weird to me that it was now like everyone wanted to be clean. Like, weren't you clean before? <laughs> um, so we will continue that and you know now we've asked that if you're going to come to the studio and um, take a pole dance lesson or whatever you should um do the lateral flow test within 24 hours of coming to the studio not that it's going to like do massive but at least you know it minimizes the chances or lessens the chances of somebody coming in who hasn't tested and then they're coming and then just spreading um things about but my day-to-day -day life like auntie ak i've just been I've just been about like I take taxis most places. Um, I wear my mask. Um, the restaurant thing is very, very wild to me because people are really sitting there, and just because you're sitting at one table, you wear your mask to the table, then you take it off, and you're laughing 
at the top of your lungs and then molecules are flying up in the place <laughs> um but apparently you're safe so to me again it's to me it's those mind games that the government's playing that boris statement that you even read if you go back and read it again it's interesting how he uses language he's learned really well from dominic cummings he repeats himself in both parts of the sentence but he just twists the words round. we must do this to be cautious and then we must be cautious to do this yeah he hasn't said anything like the statement literally makes no sense so literally it does come down to us as individuals to use the sense that god gave us and the seasoning that god gave us um the sponge everything that god gave us we will just continue to use that and whoever doesn't want to use any of those things that's their personal problem and you said um Guys, man, you know me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm about living, man, without restriction. So yes, I, if I could, I would burn all my masks. <laughs> <laughs> Even your Ivy Park ones. Say yeah. No, Ivy Park ones. That's 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 for my grandkids. <laughs> um, no, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 sick of wearing a mask. I do tend to walk more than take the tube, but before COVID, I was definitely a tube girl. Do you know what I mean? Like tube everywhere. Um, but yeah, I kind of just think, and I don't want to be insensitive or anything, but I'm just so over it. I'm just over everything. That every that nothing you can't think that anything is real or true. Do you know what I mean? Like the stats say yeah. one thing one minute, they say something yeah. the next minute. I don't know what's real. I'm just gonna live now, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I just wanna I just wanna be free. Although we're not really free, obviously. It's an illusion and it's a distraction and all that kind of stuff. But I want to pretend to be free. That's basically it. Yeah, all all I care about is that it happens so that I can go to some festivals and I want to just go to a couple of raves. Like, I don't really care. Um, I wasn't great with a mask anyway. I probably wore it so infrequently. It's not even a thing. So I don't, I don't, I'm not fussed either way. Wear it, don't wear it. I wasn't doing it anyway. Um, and I, yeah, I just want to be out and party. That's it. Other than that, I've been free throughout the whole thing like the, nobody's really restricted any of us really really it's all been in our minds because I don't know anybody that was out or went to see family that got pulled over other than some ministers like I don't know anybody that was really penalized and no one business that was penalized and he hasn't even paid the fine that was issued to him so within this year and a half or whatever i I had already consciously in January decided to stay in on 2020. So the world just caught up with what I was thinking anyway. And it was like, that was really cool because online sales skyrocketed. It was like manifestations can come. They come true when you put it out there. If you're vibing with the right ancestors, the world comes to its heels for you. So yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it all. Like, But definitely... Auntie Kalechi, you made an excellent point about Boris. I've noticed that lots of politicians and newsreaders, they do a double sentence, sometimes triple. They yes. say the same things and the, the buzzwords are usually caution, like security, and they say it a few times mm -hmm. because that's what you come away with. So all he said in that was be cautious. Of what? We don't even know what this is. You won't even tell us if it's man-made, 
came from a monkey, came from a bee. Right. We don't know how this virus is around. How are you calling something for vaccination that doesn't vaccinate anything? I get this jab. I can still get it. I can still pass it on. That all it to me is is an immune boost. You've just boosted my immune system. I could do that naturally myself. Or it's just circle plays. Like just let us out. Let us do what we're gonna do. We can all look after ourselves. People know how to look after themselves. We are here on this earth for a reason. Let us do what we gotta do. I'm I'm very hopeful for the 19th. I don't even think they're gonna put us back in a lockdown, as they call it. Like I don't I don't think that's gonna happen again. I think we are. But out of this social experiment that they were they were running, we should get to back to some type of normality. Ajishara. Yeah, everything that you guys just said, the only thing that is annoying for me because of the job that I do as a day job, I just wish the man would just fucking say one thing or another. I can't <laughs> take the do this, do that, do this, do that. It's you, it's me, it's I, it's we. I can't take I, I literally can't take it. It's so frustrating. But in terms of like living my life, I'm with you, Auntie Shade. It's about living my life. I, I, I don't think that I've stopped anyway. I think that we're all old enough and ugly enough to be responsible of the people that we're going around and, you know, to just like do what we need to do. Also, we're black, so hygiene's on a high level anyway. So the rest of the world is just catching up to us. Got to say that. It's, but, um, it's, it's, it's the truth. So I just wish they wouldn't call it Freedom Day because I kind of hate that shit. Stop yeah. calling it Freedom Day, right? Freedom from who for what? Because there's still things going on that we're not technically free about. But, yeah, so I, I just feel like it's financial as well. Let's not get it twisted. The reason why they're doing this is because the country's been on their knees. They spent yeah. a lot of money that our grandchildren's grandchildren will be paying off. That's yeah. why they're never going to do reparations, FYI. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so the, the, it's, sort of, it's all financial. And also, let's not forget that this time last year, they did the same thing. They let us out. And they keep saying, yeah. oh, coincide with um, some holidays and school breaking up. Let's let you out. Come December now. And they keep saying that in December, it's going to be really challenging because of flu. We, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they'll ever lock us down the way that they've locked us down before. But I think they'll push for something else, whether it's that they push for people to be vaccinated in order to do things or vaccination passports or something's going to happen anyway. But I definitely I, I welcome this next phase because like you all, I am just over it. I want to get on a plane. I feel like I've been on parole and I keep going up and it keeps getting denied. And I'm just ready to sit on a plane and go somewhere hot that is not here. Let's get a comment. Sure. So uh, Nicholas says, the doctor said there'll be another lockdown if we become reckless. I like the idea of the stat. Um, the, the stat increase is in white males due to football. Um, Red Border says, oh, pole dancing, where's your studio? Oh, this is for Auntie Kalechi. Um, Kalechikov.com, I'm guessing, yeah. Want to try some lateral flow moves, they say. And then Victoria says, Freedom Day is an economic decision, not a scientific one, without a legal requirement to have the restrictions. Most, um, most claims will go out the window. Government support and insurance from the private um, support and insurance from the private sector. Please, um, Candy says we must trust the British public to act responsibly. Cut to unwashed leg <laughs> nation running wild for football in the streets. <laughs> and um, Auntie Collector, do you want to make clarify where we get pole dancing lessons from? Please. Yeah. 
the studio is called Collection of Cough Studio, Collection of Cough Fitness. It's in Peckham, Sumner Road. Um, you can go on collectionofcough.com to book beginners classes. If you're a beginner, you can go on there to book um, your beginners classes or whatever else. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for Aunties Get In Your Business. Aunties Get In Your Business. Okay, we apologise. Yes, Auntie Sade and I apologise on behalf of Aunties get in your business. Aunties get in your business. Auntie Collection's business. So embarrassing, right? Love that. I love that tune. Thank you. You don't have to be polite. She vibed with It was a good tune, man. I saw her bopping. She was like, when's this gonna be over? It had rhythm. It had rhythm. It had that. Auntie Charlotte wants to get on mute. Okay, so this is where we get into the business of our special guest, Ms. Kalechi Okafor. My darling, welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're going to get into your business, ask you some questions about you, get into your life. Um, Auntie Nana, I think you're up I am first. first. Yes. So tell us in your own words what you're known for and what do you do? Oh, I feel like I'm known for quite a few things, but mainly tweeting, tweeting up the place, um, tweeting, twerking, that sort of thing. Um, so I have the pole dance studio and um, how I came to have the pole dance studio was because I was going to teach a twerk workshop and I was taking my twerk workshops around the UK. I reached out to a studio in Manchester, a pole dance studio in Manchester, run by a white woman. And I said, oh, I'd love to bring my twerk workshops to you because I saw that she put on her website that, you know, she credited Miley Cyrus as inventing twerk. So I thought, also, oh, baby, you need help. So, you know, I was going to go and do this workshop. And I sent her the video of my class, because obviously my class, they were bodying everything. Sent it to her. And I said, you know, I'd love to come through and do a workshop at your studio. And she was just emailed back and she was like, hello, I don't like your style of twerk. I find it very basic. When me and my girls twerk, we put our knee pads on and throw down. <laughs> what? Um, again, you know... It's just like we were saying about money. Sometimes people just invent shit because you, they, 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 rhythm wasn't there. Auntie's Getting Your Business had way more rhythm than anything she could ever find. <laughs> like, it was a mess. And, you know, so I just posted our videos side by side and I said, I just need some um, clarification, guys, on Twitter. But I just need some clarification because this woman sent me this and I put a screenshot of the message and people dragged her to hell and back. And then suddenly it's like, oh my God, do you know anything about these brutes that are attacking me? This mob has descended on me. I don't know anything about that. So, yeah, so that's how, you know, I, um, people were, you know, it, the story went viral. And people were like, you need to open your own space. You need to open your own space. And, um, yeah, somehow, somehow figured it out and opened the space in 2016 and still going. So that, that was in Clapton for one year. And then from 2017 to now, it's been in Peckham. Um, but I think... Prior to that, what helped me have a platform before that was my kind of tweets, my social commentary, um, my tweets, my kind of Instagram posts, only more recently because I used to just prefer Twitter. Just sharing my views, sharing my views that maybe yeah. are laced with lots of swearing um, with the world. And yeah, that's what brought me here. Cool, um, sorry. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, I feel like I knew a bit of that story before, but I didn't know that 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 she went that far. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you want, what do you want the world to know about you? What do you want, like, 
kind of like to be remembered by? What what kind of like should people um, resonate with? I feel like ultimately I just want the world to remember that I'm a baby girl and I think that that's important that I'm just a baby girl and I think that as black women we get denied vulnerability we get denied tenderness especially when you're hyper visible like look at the way that Diane Abbott um Dawn Butler like um Serena Williams any black woman and I'm naming specifically dark-skinned black women I'm not talking about like light-skinned women because I know that as much as Black, light-skinned black women and biracial women, they also experience racism, the vitriol, the specific vitriol that's given to women who are darker than a, a brown paper bag, that's a madness. And I think that I want the world to remember that. Like, I, I've gone through so much to be here from a childhood of, like, um, sexual abuse that I had to kind of work my way through. I'm the one that took myself to therapy. I'm the one that did the work with the grace of God. I'm the one that did the work to get myself to where I am now. And I just don't want for another, um, for other little black girls to be coming through the world and not see that it's possible to be somebody like me. When I was growing up, I didn't see anybody like me, not on, mm. um, not in the media, nothing, no, nothing like that. So when people talk about, oh, you know, who are your role models? Who are your mentors? I don't have any, because I had to just figure it out myself. And I want to be that for um, another little black girl who's growing up. I want her to know that she, she doesn't just have to focus on being this type of black woman. She can be any kind of black woman that she wants to be. But also having, being responsible with that, I guess, power. Because I know that I can say what I want because I employ myself. So, but I still have to be very careful with what I'm saying and responsible with what I'm saying and making sure that it's actually uh, like moving us forward and bringing us together as opposed to holding us back. Um, and I just feel like my main message is that black women deserve tenderness, black women deserve joy, black women deserve peace. And, um, you know, they should be allowed to have space to have all of those things. Like at the end of the day, no matter what career you're doing, no matter, you know, all the things you achieve, at the end of the day, you just want peace and we should be afforded that. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Okay, so everybody's got a bit of uncle and auntie them. Right now, I just did an auntie move. I was still on mute and I started talking. <laughs> what is your auntie trait? I, as an auntie trait, like, this is going to sound really wild. I want them plastic covers on my sofas. <laughs> I want them plastic covers on my sofas because Corona has shown no. me. No. Like, no, like, the aunties, like, all our aunties, our grandmas, they knew from early. Like, germs are, germs are, germs be germs in. Yeah. Germs are really germs in. Like, you'll go and sit your nyash on the tube, and you'll take that same nyash and the same trousers, and you'll enter into my yard, and then you'll yeah. place your nyash on my sofa. Ah! <laughs> Just think about it. How many other people's bums touch that chair? And then some, yeah. and then other people they bring their dogs and their their, their alpacas, mm. their llamas. They, bring <laughs> them the they also sit down. And you're gonna come and sit on my sofa, nah? They have the right idea. I want plastic covers on everything. I don't care if you're doing no, nah, you're not sitting on there with your with your outside clothes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Part of me gets it, but at the same time, I'm, I, I don't think I'm for it. But part of me, <laughs> the, the scornful person in me gets it, but I feel like yeah. I, I would want to have it on one chair and just dedicate. You come sit right here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, people are fast. Sometimes people enter your home and they're like, oh, hi. And they just want to go and sit anywhere and don't want to kind of be like, no, 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 no. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or so, maybe have two. I have two living rooms. So one yeah. living room that your guests go in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you've got plastic. No, they're still gonna have plastic covers on there. You lot can go sit in there. But in my actual, my other living room, there won't be any plastic covers, and I can live my life. That's real auntie moves because my grand had two sitting rooms, one that you could go in and one that you would get your ass kicked if you even looked at. So yeah, and that's the one that had the plastic, trust me. Anyway, so if you had a highlight reel of all the things that your highs and lows and all your massive events, like what would what would you put on your highlight reel? Oh, um, my highlight reel, definitely um, having my son. I feel like most mums say that, oh, my God, yeah. I'm a coming on mother. But um, <laughs> honestly, it's, um, it's like helped me grow so much. I feel like I love the person that I've become since becoming a mother. Like, you've just seen the world, I guess, in 4K and understanding all the layers or noticing more layers and complexity. So definitely that. Um, I also think, like, the Sky News, the Sky News interview with myself, Dr. Shola, and Gina Yashere. Mm -hmm. That would also be in there as well that was a moment that cannot be replicated like that i don't the synergies that god gave us that moment i thank i thank the ancestors that we were able to do that um because i feel like that brought so much joy to so many people and it was just yet yeah, so simple but it just did what it needed to do um and yeah so I, i'd say that those two things are definitely on my highlight reel Okay, so the next one, what would be on your blooper reel, though? What would you delete? Oh, yeah, well, I think that there are certain comments. I think that there are certain comments, like like when I first started my podcast, the very first episode of my podcast, I said, I was trying to explain something, um, and I just said it in the mad, mad way, like when I was trying to explain um, that things that people are now still talking about that they're actually talking about when we're looking at what's happening with Palestine, right? But I was trying to explain it and I explained it in a mad, irresponsible way. And although I deleted the episode, like literally a couple of days after recording it, there was one girl that just stayed on my case ever since. So when I now went on Women's Hour, um, that Jankro tried to use it as an excuse as to why <laughs> she was talking about me and didn't realize that um, I could hear her like her, her mic and her camera was on and I my camera and my mic was off because they told us as the guests to wait and so I was hearing what she was saying and that's when I had to put my mic and my um, camera on and be like oh hey girl I can hear you and um, she didn't know what to say um, I addressed the whole thing with her but obviously now when I went online and I said I'm not doing woman's hour anymore and I, and I didn't go into why she could come online and lie but she could only lie because I fucked up in 2017. Regardless of whether I deleted the um, episode or not, I fucked up in 2017. So um, people could skate past the fact that she was calling me every name under the sun without realizing that I could hear her. Um, they could skate past that because again, black women don't get afforded any grace. They don't want to hear the actual story, the full story. They're just going with what she's alluded to. Um, yeah, if I could delete that from 2017, and then it wouldn't have allowed her to move mad, then I'd probably do that. But I say that, and I've got to add the caveat and say, I don't care. I don't actually really, in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't delete a single thing about my experiences because I feel like they've made me who I am and they've made me way more responsible um, about how I move through the world. Even the worst things, I feel like 
have happened to me have helped to shape me and have also given me the gift of empathy. I feel like if I didn't go through certain things, I'd be an absolute dickhead. I wouldn't be able to relate to a lot of things. But because I've been through them, when I see somebody else going through something, I'm like, I get it. I, I get it. Um, who in your family did you turn to for advice and what's the best piece of advice or saying that's impacted your life? Um, I feel like my mum and I, we've grown closer over the years. I'm, I'm the advice giver in my family. I'm the advice giver. People come to me for counsel, but I'm learning to also um, reciprocate that and allow other people to advise me. So um, my mum, one of the best pieces of advice, two pieces of advice that she's actually given me that I feel like stick with me is that people will buy you for the price that you sell yourself. And it took me a long time to get my head around that. Like you literally how you put yourself out there is how people are going to take you. And so um, the, the way that I move on social media comes down to that saying, like, you're going to buy me at the price that I sell myself. You're going to take me as how I present myself now and that's just there's no two ways about it and then the second one is that you can't take paracetamol for other people's headaches and sometimes as black women we like to carry other people's wahala on our head and we've seen it with even the racism from the football and everything else that's happened in the past few days suddenly it's like ah ah like i need to go and save these boys i need to go and do this i need to go and do that meanwhile it's other people that took themselves there to go and be doing come on England, come on England in the first place. But it's now us carrying the wahala to try and solve it for everybody and to deflect all the vitriol that's coming a particular way. But in the grand scheme of life, as the eldest daughter, as the, you know, the eldest child, you tend to want to take paracetamol for other people's headaches. You want to carry everybody's wahala on your head. But then there comes a certain point, especially now that I'm a mother, I've got to understand which wahala is my own and which wahala is not my own. So if it's not my own, I'm going to face my front and everybody can handle themselves. And, you know, God bless. Thank I you. Love that. Yeah. Mm. Um, quick, I wanted to, I've got my final question to ask, but I wanted to say why, can I ask why you didn't say anything after Women's Hour? Why you didn't explain, say what the woman said? Because I want the recording. Because for me, they were going off the case of, you know, like how the internet works with not believing black women. And actually, I did say what she said. I said it on my podcast. So I didn't write it, um, but I said it on my I said it on my podcast, word for word, what she um, had said. And the basis of it was like, so we've come on, um, we've come on the um, Zoom. We've been told by the producers, oh, your mic is great. Your camera is great. OK, you can turn it off and you can go and do what you need to do. So all of us that were going to be guests we all turn off our cameras and we put it on mute. And I was still sitting there waiting. And so she comes into the studio. She sits down and she's going, are we ready to go? And she's doing all of that. And then she brings out her phone in a very strategized way because she like the way that we would use our phone and go on Twitter, it would take us a second, right? It would take us, um, you know, a little bit, but it's almost like she, she was ready to do this thing. And she was like, oh gosh, I'm being bombarded with tweets about the fact that we've got Kalechi coming on the show. For fuck's sake, who the fuck asked Kalechi to come on the show? For fuck's sake, gosh, guys, for fuck, she got kicked off at the top of the pops in 2017. Why the fuck is she on here? Like, I'm not Reggie Yates. So that's when I had to like come off mute and um, put my camera on. And I said, um, that's another black person. Hey girl, hey girl, that's another black person. I'm not Reggie Yates, I didn't. I, I didn't get kicked off top of the pops in 2017. And she's like, can she hear me? Can she? 
Now, Kalechi, Kalechi, I need you to calm down, okay? <laughs> oh, and I was just like, wait, wait, I, I, I'm not, now you're going to get me vexed. But I wasn't vexed before, but now you're going to get me vexed. So I've just, just been bombarded with tweets. There were two tweets from Burner accounts, two tweets. She said bombarded. I've been bombarded with tweets about something that you said in 2017 that was construed as anti-Semitic. Now I'm trying to help you. Aren't you somebody that cares about togetherness? Isn't that what you said? You care about togetherness and bringing yeah. everyone together. So if we're going to be talking about Harvey Weinstein, who is known to be Jewish, and you may have said these things. No, but we're talking about sexual assault. We're talking about what he did to end up in jail in the first place. So why can't we focus on that? And that's what I said to her. And she was just like, well, well, I just think that you're, you're, you, you need to calm down because I'm trying to help you. And I knew what was going to come out of my mouth if I'd gone on air with her because I would have dragged oh. her within an inch of her life. Like everybody should know me by now. I would have, I would, I would have absolutely annihilated her online. I would have dealt with Harvey Weinstein. But I would have dealt with her as well. And I just thought, no, because that's going to detract from the reason that people are actually here and the thing that they want to talk about. So I felt like the best thing to do, because I was fuming, was to come off air, like to just not do it. There's nothing that she can do me, like nobody. There's no human that can touch me. So I knew that I would have been able to body her, but there was no point going on air and deviating from the subject. So I just said, you know what, I'm not doing it, especially after those comments. I'm just not doing it. But BBC won't confirm that she said it, like I've been doing, you know, um, access to data and stuff. They can't confirm that she said it because if she was if she was swearing at her producers, she can be fired for that. That's yeah. gross misconduct. So mm -hmm. all that they've said is, I said, okay, can you confirm at exactly ten thirty-five, or was it nine thirty-five? I was like, can you confirm whether these words were said? I don't care about the order. Just confirm that these words were said. So they emailed me back and they were like, we won't confirm it, but we won't deny it. <laughs> so lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I, I just left that as like you know what my ancestors don't play when it comes to me so whatever you whatever your comeuppance is going to like you're you're going to get what you're going to get like eventually yeah. and I'm talking like karmically like he's going to yeah. find you I don't need to worry yeah. about that but I know that ultimately I'm a baby girl and I did what needed to be done and what's funny is that a white woman who was on um the um call as well who she was she was going to be speaking about that and i think she deals with like gender mutilation i'm sorry um genital mutilation and things like that she was going to be saying something and she came on twitter and she tweeted when it happened and she said i was witness to the abhorrent way that collection was treated before we went on air and it's a shame that she wasn't there to bring a black woman's perspective to um all of the things that are happening people ignore that they ignore that tweet they ignored the tweet of some a guest that was actually there that said, I saw and I heard the whole thing and it was absolutely mad. So, um, but it's helped me, it's helped me in a lot of ways. I feel like if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been able to head on, like address everything that needed to be addressed, but also assert myself as somebody that you do not fuck with when it comes to these kind of things, because she's forgetting who her father is. Like there are newspaper articles about exactly who her father is and yeah. what he did to end up in jail. So all of those things were out there. And the amount of people who listened to that episode, my God, mm. it, just, it was wild. Like the number of people that listened to that one episode, I've never seen anything like it. So that means that your colleagues even came and heard it too. And they <laughs> we're all aware of you now because you tried to open my yash and, I, and you opened your, your own yash. So it's, <laughs> it's cool, but it's given me a lot of confidence. I feel like it's given me a lot of confidence and reminded me that I'm here for a reason. And that warrior energy is not something that I should shy away from. I think that sometimes I'm very 
aware that I can come across as rather intense. And before I would try to kind of like dim that and try to quell that, where now it's just like, it is what it is. Like you get what you get. And after the kind of um, almost two years that we've had of just this fuckery across the globe, I think we need some intensity. I think we need some people to just call it like it is. Thank you. Blop, blop, blop. Okay. So listen, you got a choice. Let us solve your issue or yeah. get some unsolicited auntie's advice. And I'm going to give you a warning. It's unsolicited auntie's advice. So you might not like what you really love that. <laughs> You know what? I'm going for it because before I was just like initially I was just like, nah, I hate unsolicited advice. I block people on Instagram for sending me shit. And they know that about me. I'm like, if you write something that I did not ask you, you'll see what happens. But now in this space, it's technically not unsolicited because I'm soliciting it. So yeah. We've, we've seen how one. you come for people that come like <laughs> I usually give warning when we do auntie's advice. This is the this technique replace auntie's advice. I normally say, don't come for us because we'll come for you. <laughs> this one, I'm a little bit scared of auntie Kalishi, so I might not <laughs> Okay, like okay. So this is this is collective observation. I don't know if anyone of your aunties wants to read it, but I mean this is what we can collectively this is your unsolicited advice, yeah. What we want to see from you is more joy. We want you to protect yourself because sometimes you feel like you're too serious. You do, like you said, you're worrying. You feel like you've got to take it to the next level on our behalf, but you need to protect your neck and maybe court controversy less. But what you just said actually slightly makes you understand where you're coming from. I don't know if any of the aunties want to contribute. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I get, uh, I, I think actually you explaining that scenario and I've listened to the episode as well. I totally understood your point of view in that whole thing but there's other smaller things that take place on a day-to-day -day when I'm watching your stories and I am like oh come on just like please give that person a little grace like I think there was one time somebody kind of bumped into you you was on a train or something and you just went in like it was a whole suck your mother like it was it was a lot it was a lot and I was like oh your heart your poor heart <laughs> like you know take it easy like let's have some sunshine because you are hilarious and I am like I want to see a lot more of that like I, I want to see the sunny days because I think just when we've been in the same space I've always felt like you are so sunny you're such a sunny person but if you're just following Twitter or Instagram stories, I think lots of folks aren't going to see that unless they have proximity yeah. to be in spaces with you. And I'd love the world to see that a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, you know I'm a fan anyway. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so I'm really happy that you're on the show and you've made it here. It's, it's definitely like a, a thought on it um, and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, I don't know about the in controversy I don't I don't know about that but I feel like definitely like sharing like happier moments and stuff if you're happy to obviously as well because you have to yeah. protect yourself too as well kind of thing but just like so you know so it, it's just a bit more of a balance because you do so much work on our behalf like do you know what I mean that kind of thing and it's just like you know, there is there is joy in sharing joy. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And yeah. There's times I'm just like, I hope she's having a good day. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I hope that yeah. behind, you know, at the end of the day, there's a smile there or whatever kind of thing. Like, it would just be nice to see, uh, I guess, a bit more of that um, 
yeah, that side of things. Yeah, I, love that. I, love I that. second that. But I also say, share how funny you are a little bit more. Because yeah. <laughs> you are funny. Like, you make me die sometimes. I'm like, why is she saying what I'm saying? I like <laughs> just, just get Because when you do, the joy that it brings to me alone and the rest of the aunties, do that more. Because, like, you've got something special. Your yeah, ancestors yeah. are definitely you. behind you. Yeah, um, yeah, everything everyone said, and it is more joy, more funny because you're hilarious, and it is protect yourself because you're doing the job, and it's like sometimes it is like on whose behalf, and though we yeah. rest and step in your shoes and soak it up, and yeah, are empowered by you, it's also when you're that energy that's expelled, you've got to come home and raise your son, you've got to come home and be a wife, you've got to yeah. come home and be a family member to your family, and if people are coming to you for advice in your family network. And we're also depending on your spirit to carry us through. Yeah. Must feel emboldened. Who give like who's hugging you and giving you like that respite from all the, the drama? And these people yeah. that come to you and roll you because I think when you guys did that mon monumentous moment on Sky, I was I sometimes like it's good and yes, but then also like I know you're strategic with who you speak to and where you speak, but sometimes like I don't I because I even when they call me to come and talk about whatever racism on the Oscars or whatever or in the awards season i'm like i'm going to speak to you i'm going to speak to you i'm not going to speak to yeah. you don't get rolled up i know you're smart i feel like i'm preaching to the choir but i know you're smart but there's just sometimes like yeah, sometimes... i don't know on the news like that like yeah. I, did, I think i did sky news and cnn and i didn't do any more um i think that dr shola like she's their go-to um mm. right now and i was very particular about that as well because um i don't have anything to sell like if you've got a book to sell you can have the books behind you and be talking endlessly about racism um, to people who are committed to misunderstanding what's being said. Like, I'm not going to explain explain white supremacy to itself over and over again. I feel like I'm very strategic about when I go on and talk about certain things based on what it's going to do for um, the kind of conversation that I'm having on my personal platforms. But I think that just going on the news for the sake of going on the news, your face is there and you're known as the go-to person that talks about race. I feel like it's, um, it's a madness. Even in terms of writing about race there are certain conversations that i will write about but there are certain things that i won't write about because somebody's already told you that like literally 500 black people have already written an article about exactly. that and they've already told you that and i think that also i'm very particular about boundaries so mm. um where i save myself is for my podcast so i think that twitter gets a fraction of me instagram gets a fraction of me but then I'm more able to bring more of that out on the podcast because that's my space. I think and there's only so much you can do um, on social media platforms. So I've always been very particular about what I share on social media platforms. People can screen record that. Even when I had my wedding day, I only posted about, what, three pictures on my wedding day? Not of my partner, not of my, not, nothing, just of my outfit. Hey, because I think that, like I said about, joy a lot of people aren't used to seeing black women being happy mm. and have to choose kind of what what kind of happiness they see and when they're allowed to see it. i think it helps them to respect your boundaries more but definitely um you know for me like twitter and instagram are a workspace like i go there and post this and post that and go and i think that is also what we can deem to be joy because i post a lot of my running and i post my workouts and stories um, those are my joyful things. And I always talk about the fact that movement for me, physical movement for me is prayer. Um, 
And so those things for me are actually rather intimate when I'm showing the process of training, because again, we don't see that. It's about snapback culture, snapback culture and, and th things like that. Like how about having a better relationship to fitness? I think that there has to be priorities and, um, and I think more of a, a, a wider perspective on what we deem to be um, joy. And, yeah. um, but on the podcast though, um, yeah, people definitely get to know me a lot better um, than anyone on Instagram or Twitter because you only have so many words or you only have so many posts that you can um, put up there. But yeah, definitely I think that um, more things need to be shared. I, sh I do share a lot with my close friends list, but that list is curated from my Patreon from people who listen to the podcast. So I've kind of created it around that. Um, but I think that you're right. In the mainstream, it'll be good for them to see a couple more posts. So I think that I will grace them with that. I will, I will do that because it again, it helps with the images of how Black women are perceived. But I am, I am rather serious as a person. <laughs> I'm even thinking because I didn't know that you had a Patreon. It's more like creating that feeding funnel could really work because I think there are so many people that when something kind of racist happens they'll go to your page yeah. but then you're not getting the circular motion or a full rounded vision of who you are but if they're fed into a funnel of a little bit of no I share this as well for go into my podcast pay me on my patreon like it's more a, a funnel system we yeah. have that that viewpoint of you that you are 360 it's not just race talk because there are so many people especially last year who I clicked on and started following, and it was yeah. a lot of I'm just feeding you um, my knowledge on racism, and people yeah. asking them a question, and that circle, that train that people can get on, I think is uh, it's not as destructive, but it feeds into the system because you're not really opposed to it, you're just training people up on how to spot it. But where's the solutions? And it's, that's a business in itself. So then yeah. you don't really want it to end because then your livelihood ends. And so the exactly. train can go in round and round and round. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I really would like to see, I just love watching your journey. I really yeah, like absolutely. seeing how you're growing into yourself. Yeah. And I can definitely see the change with motherhood as well. They're just yeah, really appreciating. Yeah, thank you. No, motherhood has made me more directed um, or more focused in my energy, like where I'm expending it. And so, yeah, I just think that I, I'm, I, maybe it's a neurosis, I don't know, but I'm extremely private as a person. Just so fine. literally um, all that I show on um, social media is what I want to show. Like I, yeah. I don't feel like people deserve to see much more uh, because yeah. the moment people see something, they think that they have ownership of it. And that's yeah. very worrying to me. Like people thinking that they have ownership of my life and then they can then dictate how my life works. So it's not necessarily like I hide anything, I, um, but I'll just be like, okay, you can have 5%. I've always been particular about, you can have 5% of me and then my entire life happens um, outside, of, outside of that. But yeah, I definitely noticed this industrial complex of um, teaching people about, um, teaching <laughs> people about race um and yeah. and that's that's the term industrial it. complex it, yeah that's what it feels like and everyone churning out a book getting a book deal yeah. talking about race and yes. that's never been my bag all i really want to talk about is black women i'm just really fascinated by black women so the book that i was working on was actually black women dealing with anger like how do you use anger as a way to liberate yourself 
because I feel like I'm a great testament to that. Like you can be angry and it can be to your benefit. Um, but the, you have to kind of um, investigate that anger, interrogate it uh, because it's just the surface emotion. There's usually pain, there's hurt under that. But also it's all right to be angry from the history of what's happened to black women. Mm -hmm. um, that's okay to feel that. And so by showing um, black women that, yeah, this is fucking shit and I'm angry about it. What we're we doing here, I know how much of an impact that's had on so many women who are now able to give a voice to their anger and not be scared of it because yeah. then we can move forward. Um, I don't think that we would have so many um, issues with like um, fibroids and things yeah. like that. Lots of things happening in our sacral region as black yeah. women, if it wasn't for the fact that we're holding on to energy that is not our own to hold on to. So it's Definitely. about where it's moving through um, and yeah. how do we do that collectively with each other um, and find each other. So I think like this is great having your aunties could never because it's a, it's a way for black women to find each other. Thank you so, Thank you. so much. So it's beautiful, beautiful. Let's get the comments um, before we wrap up on okay. that. So I'll just do a few. Um, Tasha says, absolutely love your podcast, Kalechi. I appreciate you and look forward to new episodes every week. It's part of my walking ritual uh, blessings. Um, Nicola said, imagine I've never heard that black women deserve tenderness. That is beautiful. Um, Miss Latang says, me and Koshoy definitely grew up with plastic covered sofas, plastic uh -huh. on the top of the carpet, with two, two living rooms with special catenary, etc. Um, and da -da -da. Uh, Koshoy says, uh, me too, loving Auntie Kalechi with the aunties. Uh, Zell Sugar says, yes, Auntie AK, protect yourself. And says, Kalechi, yes, we, someone has already told them enough times already. I'm guessing that is about uh, racism. Yeah. Do you know what I love that you said when you said that you take paracetamol for other people's headaches or you oh, use yeah. Because I think all of us here can can agree that we've had our fair share <laughs> of taking paracetamol for somebody else's bullshit. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To stop doing that. So, yeah, that I really, yeah. really love that. When is when yeah. is Sally coming back? Is she coming back? When is Sally? Sally, 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 Sally's just there. Like Sally, I'm weird like that. Like the inspiration has to take me for Sally mm -hmm. because it's some like there are many like layers to Sally, and I love how when people kind of like clock the little things that she's like doing there's the surface things that she's doing and that mm -hmm. the whole time she's got some other fuckery that's going on yeah. as well so you know, people clock the name of the company being plant acon and like oh my god like, yeah like there's a, she, there's a whole universe for um sally but sally will be back but i just don't feel like there's much for her to say right now mm -hmm. it's weird right because so much has happened but i don't mm -hmm. think that there's anything specifically for sally to say that hasn't already been said Mm -hmm. And because people aren't really, I, yeah. I love your critical edit editing of what you do and how you do it. That's it's not a lot of people in the public eye know that know when to critically edit themselves and get caught up in the gusto. So it's I, I really admire that of you. Okay, it is time for for the culture. For the culture. They need it all the time, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there was some toning, toning issues. No, I thought that was quite a pitch perfect. Or the whole time. That was that was no. That was that was no. That was a no. Yeah. 
It's um, it's operatic. It a bum note. Wait, 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 wait. Hello, that's operatic yodeling. That's from the special community. Operatic yodeling. I feel I feel like it's way too much. Yeah, it's called. That's got nothing to do with the culture. Nothing. It's just like the opposite of the culture. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, as being Auntie Charlotte, wait, wait, wait. We invented every. We invented every sound. So every sound we make. Thank you. Okay, nice. David Attenborough would love it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. My that. daughter's in here saying, "What noise is that?" Auntie, listen. <laughs> but, listen I let, let, my goddaughter loves me, and she loves for the culture. For the culture. Right. Rem remember when people thought grime sounded funny? It's like that. It's a grower. No. No. It's a, grower. no. It's a new genre. Operatic yodeling. It's definitely a migraine skank. It definitely is that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unsolicited advice part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, 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 let's get into it. Let's get into it. So this is where we get into what you're watching, what you're wearing, what's got us chatting. So quickly, the other day, a young man called Dapo Domo um was in response to someone saying, you know, um, some guy criticized saying that what's wrong with relationships today? It seems like men don't trust um, women, and women just don't have, don't just don't want to make an effort to please men. Whatever the case is, so Dapper Domo came back and said, "Actually, I'm going to try and read this thread quite quickly. It's not too much. Men have to now get women to like them, and a lot of men aren't likable. Let's be honest about the situation. How many generations of men in history have ever had to get women to like them in order to have women be with them? We're probably the first to ever have this, so nobody knows what to do." We're two generations removed from a woman not being able to have a bank account without a man. Three to four generations removed from when they couldn't buy a home, couldn't work, couldn't get educated, they couldn't do shit without a man. Women quite literally used to need an N-word, so they had to be with somebody regardless of if they liked the man or not. Today, they truthfully don't. They can leave your ass and be perfectly fine. Hell, some of them might be better off. Your grandfather was probably a horrible husband. Like at best, he was probably emotionally distant and patriarchal. N-words used to have to used to have two whole families miles apart of each other and was emotionally abusive to both. That's not flying today. And truthfully speaking, it shouldn't. So, um, oh yeah, a lot of men want the same relationships they saw their families had, but never thought to ask, were the women happy in those situations? The real answer is a lot of them weren't. So fast forward to today, where women, truthfully speaking, don't need your ass. You've got to come harder than your ancestors. Got to have some substance. And a lot of these N-words just don't have any substance. Thank you, Dapper Domo, for articulating what a lot of us have said as black women in this space. I'm talking about black women because this is our space. Um, how do you guys feel about what Dapper Domo has said? And do you agree? Do men need to rebrand, refresh, and come better? Because in this day and age, we're not having it. We're not accepting the fact that you've got a big dick in a car. We need more. Have Sometimes you're not even getting that. Sometimes you're not even getting that, and they're acting like they yeah. got big dick energy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I, I totally, I agree with it. I thought it was like a, a nice, well-wrapped-up thought that 
just totally rang true for me personally anyway that's this is what i think i i haven't been able to say <laughs> in such a long time they're actually like i i just don't like i'm single like guys i don't talk about this much but i will today um i'm single i've been single for a little while and it's by choice because the men that i come in contact with that generally are not nice people. They might be nice on the surface or they might be nice on paper, but in terms of how they treat women, it's not nice, man. And it's just like, for some reason, because I'm a certain age, like I must compromise and sacrifice and oppress myself for the sake of a relationship. You've got to be joking, mate. You've got to be joking. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. First of all, I've got too much pride. My ego is too big, way too big. That is, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what you have. There's no way that I'm going to suppress myself for you. Do you know what I mean? And that's and I'm, I'm maybe I'm the product of you know being in the Western world in this society, but this is where we are, mate. So you've got to meet me. I'm not even halfway. I'm not even meeting you halfway. You need to come meet me where I am. To be honest, that like, you really do. So yeah, I just think. I, I just I like the facts that and maybe and also as well we do live in a day and age. I mean he could be a Derek Jackson behind this. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that this is because I do think women do talk about this in in different ways. But I like the fact that you know that this is coming from a guy and hopefully other guys will see this and think, okay, maybe I need to check myself. Maybe I need to check my friends. Maybe we need to do some work because I feel like the work is always, the onus is always put on the women. Like as women, especially black women, we're always like asked to work on ourselves. Like we, do you know what I mean? Like whether it's our mindset, whether it's our work ethic, whether it's our, do you know what I mean? Whatever it is, we always have to work on ourselves. And we do, <laughs> for the most part, we actually do the work. But then I'm supposed to come home from work, take off my slipper and go back, pounded yum, you're joking me. <laughs> No, <laughs> not doing it, not doing it. Um, so yeah, so I found it quite refreshing. Let's say that. I found it quite Anybody else? Yeah, and I did as well. I liked the rundown because it made me think. I was like, oh, this is a new way of actually thinking about society and how we interact with each other. I hadn't really thought about it in those ways, other than. You know, we always talk about the times have changed, but we don't talk about how they've changed and how men adapt to this change. Because it's like we've grown into a different set of women and they haven't necessarily grown into a different set of men. And so that's why there's a crisis. But if the crisis is looked at in a way of it's not for women to turn back to be like your grandmothers, it's actually how do we turn into modern men? What can we do? What do we need to unlearn? Because they've, they've evolved. They've changed. Life is different. Society is different. I think there's a lot of moaning. There's lots of men in an echo chamber along with um, Kevin Samuels yeah. just trying to dog women to kind of like get back to a place where they feel they're great again. And it's like, actually, why don't you just step into your greatness and change and evolve a personality? Like how ugly people 
the saying is, you know, like a pretty person doesn't really need a, a personality, but an ugly person like will cultivate it. I think in the same way, men need to have that evolution. You were able to get by before. No, 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 no. Can you just <laughs> But now you need to. Well, you know you're... she says these things, and then she's going to ask them real quick. Like, you know, it's true. You didn't even take a breath. That was. <laughs> she's very good at that. It's it's a fact, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, like this is what they say. You know, generally, it's like a pretty person does. They can leave a personality behind. That isn't all pretty people. It's just some don't need a personality because they will attract people purely from their looks. Doesn't mean they'll keep them, but they'll yeah. attract them. And I think that's the same with men. Before, your pocket, and there are rich men who will attract people just because of your pocket. You're not necessarily going to keep them now, though, because you need to develop a personality. Like, the, the world has changed. Somebody will just use you for your pocket to create their own business, and then they're off. And you were just used. And so then you're always like, people only use me for my money. Develop a personality. And you'll probably cultivate a life where people want to be around you. That's all it is. It's just like thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah, man. Oh. I, I welcome this shit. Like, because for far too long, men have been relying on their big dick or little dicks to get them through. Come with some personality. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, you got to be likable. Why must I? I don't need you for nothing other than human contact, right? So why must I spend my time with you if you're a dickhead? I don't need to spend my time with you if you're a dickhead. Jog on in it, mate. Let me find someone else or I'll sit by myself and watch Netflix and I'll be happy. I don't need to waste my time because I have this need or this want. I have to be with a man. So I'm just going to accept your bullshit and your limp dick or your big dick that doesn't know what it wants to do. I don't need to do that. No, you work on yourself. Like Auntie Nana said, or someone else said in the group, like we, Auntie Charlie said, we have worked on ourselves. We work on ourselves. We recognize shit. It's time for you to recognize shit. And for you to recognize that just because you're swinging around this thing between your legs, doesn't make you the Lord and Master. You're not Lord and Master for me because I can do all, or I can do better on my battle on myself. Like the song says, I don't necessarily need you for that. So I need you to come with something else. So yeah, I welcome this shit. Auntie Kalechi. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think that, um, I guess the reason that they're having this realization now is because patriarchy's never asked of them to be any more than they are because they were always the prize. Um, uh, in a patriarchal society, they just had to just be who they are. They didn't have to worry about anything because, you know, they were deemed as the provider because they were quote unquote providing. Then everything else would be covered by the woman. But actually, um, historically speaking, women also provided as well. So it, it's just been really weird how we've all been socialized into like women. If you don't have a man in that kind of heteronormative sense, the reason you don't have them have one is because you're not good enough to go and work on yourself. As a man doesn't have um, a woman, it's just because he chose not to. It's not quite the right time. You know, he's playing the field and, you know, people are raising their sons, their daughters to have this um, same mindset. But we've seen that those things are shifting. And I feel like the reason that things like this are shifting is because men are suddenly starting to understand um, that patriarchy doesn't benefit them either. Like the way that it's constructed in the society doesn't benefit them either. And for them to be able to literally keep pace and, and to um, you know keep up with everything, they're going to have to let go of the crumb that they thought they were, get, they were getting in terms of privilege to be able to have so much more access to who they, you know, their whole personhood. Um, and so I want that for them. You know, I'm seeing them, you know, filing their nails now and 
you know, washing their bums now. I'm really happy that they're you know, <laughs> doing things and learning to cook and just just things, you know, like just basic survival skills. They're actually practicing it now. Um, rather than waiting to leave their mother's house and marry a woman who's going to basically do all of these things um, for them. And I think that at the same time, women are moving away from the socialization that the only way that they have value and worth is to be attached to a man. First, it's your father or your brothers or your uncles. And then it's to have a husband who can vouch for the fact that you deserve to live because, you know, you're going to be producing something because women aren't relying on that so much now. Um, yeah, it's, it's shaking a lot of tables and, and I'm here for it because a lot of men aren't likeable um, and that's because society's told them that that's sexy, mysterious, yeah, you know, brooding, like not, you know, sharing their emotions and doing all of this and all of a sudden it's like, mm. no, actually they're fucking annoying. Can you go and deal with your trauma? Because patriarchy is trauma. Can you go and deal with it? And so we're seeing that they're, they're, trying, to, they're trying to catch up. Some are. Some are really struggling, but some are, and I think that that's that's good that we're at least having these conversations. Yeah, you guys said it all. Um, go find your own version of Ian Levanzan or whatever. Pick up a book and start self helping yourself because it's it's over now. I remember I think I, I always refer to the group that me and Auntie Nana used to be in, and I never forget I threw in a question about do our black men do they feel insecure when they used to use Escol? That they have insecurities about the texture of their hair because we'd be using it because they'd always talk about women and us using weaves and us mm. relaxing. I threw that question back. You know, not one of them dared to even answer it honestly because I was like, obviously, if you're going to draw for an S curl pack, you and if your hair ain't naturally sitting down in the waves and giving yourself seasick waves, that's because your hair's tough, isn't it? What you cuss us for, we draw for weaves and relaxers if we got if we're that way inclined and we have those issues you lot join for the s cult that simple conversation couldn't be dealt with because they didn't want they've never had to actually answer that because it's everything's projected onto women all the shit that we yeah. do to make yeah. ourselves look westernized or european we get cussed all day long from top to bottom everything we do we get gunned but yeah guys you don't check what you do your insecurities why do you only date white women and it might be and it's not just preference it doesn't matter if you like white women but what is are you going to unpack the reasons why that how come all of a sudden and not all of a sudden how come all of you like a certain aesthetic you're not even going to unpack that unpack that deal with it still stay with your woman but unless unpack it have honest conversations about why you like a certain aesthetic get into those touchy feeling emotions what we've been dealing with all our times all our book research we we talk we huddle we cuss we scream we cry women aren't perfect but we're definitely a lot more sound when it comes to dealing with these emotions you're not just need to talk more have more bro conversations and you'll be all right um, another conversation I want guys to deal with is that you lot could be homophobic as fuck, but yet Omar from The Wire was your hero. Just, just, just <laughs> let's, unpack let's unpack that, guys. Let's unpack that. Um, let's get the comments. Sorry, there really, there isn't really any. Um, Nee says, please, can someone make these women some jingles quick? <sighs> I agree with you. I agree with your please. Your plea. And that is from someone's husband. <laughs> Why is my husband always up in here? <laughs> he's That's why. He he's trying to help us. He, he does love listening to this podcast, though. To be fair, we have quite a few men. That <laughs> we're changing the way. We're keeping it with tips. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Auntie Kalechi, let us know. So for me, sad, mad, it has to be just to all the things that's been happening with the football and stuff. I think that just seeing all of those things, you feel a bit of sadness and you feel 
a bit of madness with that. In terms of Glad, um, the baby girl, Zaya Avangard, is that how you say her yes. name? Yes, the spelling, yes. Yes, the spelling bee baby girl that also does, like, plays basketball. Like, she's just a literal earth angel. I love her. Just seeing all her multi-talentedness, I just think that she's a literal, like, she's a like just a superhero. I, I love her. I want a film about her. I want a, I want a, I want a movie about her. She's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, what's made me sad is um, Sebastian Eubanks passing. It's really sad, unexpected, shocking news. That made me very sad and lots of prayers and love to his family um, and loved ones. Mad at the hypocrisy and the debauchery of England fans and their sometimes racism. Um, a little bit mad at black England fans. I'm sorry, not sorry. And um, any of you that waved an England flag and paid the England flag on your face, like, <laughs> like you're like, this is why, this is why we're here, it's your fault. Um, and um, Pretty Patel, obviously, how dare you have football commentary when you've been a hypocritical wench? Um, no, sorry, no, absolutely no, not even sorry, damn it. Um, yes, yeah, that's that. Um, football, everything made me mad. And I'm also glad that it's all over. But another glad, um, I'm watching season 18 of Top Chef. I love Top Chef. Those of you know me, you know I love Top Chef. It's a cooking show. Um, and they finally, which isn't, I don't want to be glad about it, but I couldn't help but be glad. Um, the black power in me is pissed. But they finally featured a challenge inspired by African food um, and West African food, um, black food, whatever. They have not had, they have, obviously they have like, um, what do you call it, challenges based on different cuisines. Usually it's French, um, Asian, or uh, what's the other one, Italian. Italian. Um, yeah, the, the popular ones, as it were, or American food. Never ever have they featured a West African food as a, a challenge or African food as a challenge, as the challenge, and they did so. And it was really, really good to see all the um, contestants having to derive food concepts from, they went around to different, like they went to Haitian, they went to Nigerian, they went to, I think, a Caribbean soul food, soul food restaurant, and they had to derive food from those things. And they don't ever do that. First time, I don't know how many years it is, but 18 seasons in. Um, wow. And expert chefs, who were black leading that challenge. I couldn't help but feel emotional, even though it's really, if I thought about it, I could be absolutely fucking mad. However, I'm staying in a glad place. <laughs> um, I am sad at uh, the football and the fact that the players, the black players had to come out and, you know, like Marcus Rashford, what they did to his mural in his hometown and the fact that he even had to come out and say that, I'm sorry that we lost. I, you know, he shouldn't have to come out and say shit. Like it's a fucking game. So I'm sad at that, but I'm also mad at like exactly what you said, but that I was going to call it thuggery, the thuggery and the hypocrisy of newspapers like the sun who put the boys on the front cover yes. and say, Oh, hold them up high. Even though two days ago you was cussing them. So I, I, I'm mad at that. I am glad my new hair, my hair just is back after over a year, and I'm like, hey, make it long, long, long. I say, <laughs> so crazy. Um, so I'm really sad. I'm sad at um the clip that Auntie Shade shared with us from Status London, the program where it had Ty, Simone, and Seb on the stage with a few others, including. Auntie AK and just yeah, it really brought back the whole thing of we there's three people that were exceptional social commentators that had really good perspectives on on things and 
yeah, they're no longer with us. It just kind of, that really, really made me sad and reflective. Um, I'm mad that I put a £50 bet on Italy winning by two points and it would have been a £500 payout and it didn't happen. And I'm flipping pissed at that because Italy, you had one thing to do, just beat England by two points within 90 minutes. That's not that hard. So that's really pissed me off. Um, And I'm glad, I can't actually remember what my glad was. One second, let me just check. Uh, Oh, yeah, this was bad. So I had a greasy burger that was flipping delicious from a a burger van as well. You know, nobody does that anymore. So I actually went to the roadside burger van, smelt the burger, and it was like, this just took me back to childhood of Greece. Were you trying? No, no. I was at work, stone cold sober. And I went and got the cheeseburger with bacon. (gasps) As soon as I finished eating it, oh my God, the wow was so sick, but it's really put me asleep. Yeah, it's really put me off meat now. So it's like, it's what I needed. I feel like spirit led me there. It was like, this girl doesn't, she doesn't listen to all the warnings. Let her think that she's having a bit of fun. So I had the burger, ate it, completely finished it. Five minutes, my belly's going. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be sick. I was so, so done over. But now I'm off meat. So it did the job. wrong there. That's glad. Yeah, I did everything wrong. It was a roadside caravan thing. No, you ate from a burger out. The burger van, you ate greasy meat and you put swine on it yeah. on top of it. Like yeah, and that. cheese. And like American cheese as well. Okay, go. Let's go. Auntie Shade. Auntie Shade. Auntie Shade. You read enough on Diego. Um, so my sad is about Sebi Eubank. So obviously um, he was one of the cast members of Status London, which uh, we created back seven years ago now it's a long time do you know what I mean so um yeah it was just obviously shocking news just really just gone too soon like when you know I put out a clip actually of um of him uh performing his poetry which he done for the first time on the show kind of thing which was definitely like a moment for me um and obviously for him as well kind of thing so it was good to have that to kind of like remember him by and stuff but he was like you know, such a passionate, like, you know, real quite positive person, really lots of conviction in what he believed in and everything like that. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a shame to have lost, like, um, you know, like a voice that's, like, alternative to, to like, the mainstream, um, you know, narrative that's out there and stuff. And obviously, like, sending love to his family and that. Um, I think he just had a son that's, like, yeah, old. And stuff, so it's like very, very sad. Um, I'm mad at all the racism, man. Seriously, I know this is like daily, but it's just been, you know, obviously the football just brought it out. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, bring it though. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I get the whole the fear thing, but like, you know, as much as like, you know, every day for any, we have like I'm my ancestors' wildest dreams. Um, we have like guided by my ancestors and slogans, and it's just like, yeah, but we're different from them too as well. Do you know what I mean? Not to say that they didn't fight, but we will fight you. <laughs> we will fight you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think like people, races should be beware. Like don't think that every black person is going to have it because they won't. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So just mind yourself too. If you think you're bold enough, bring it. Um, 
And then I'm glad that Kalechi's on the show. Yes. <laughs> like, this is um, we really do that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like admire what you do and stuff and everything like that and appreciate you, what you do for black women. It's amazing. So yeah, I'm just really happy. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Welcome. Um, before we go, oh, didn't you have one more thing to say, Auntie Sade? Your mute still. Sorry, being auntie. Um, yes, so it was Everyday Friday's birthday the other day. Three years old and that, do you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> 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 she can make them noises. <laughs> yes, because that's romantic. No, not the triangle. See, why are you for swapping? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're on a roll. Oh. We're doing well. <clears throat> but yes, yeah, so we have a 15% discount off all of July. So you just put in Birthday Froday, like like Afro, basically. Birthday Froday to get birthday Froday. Yes, at checkout kind of thing. So yes, get to getting. Yeah. And before <laughs> we wrap up, Auntie Collection, do you have something to say? Do you have um, an yes? Do I have an unpopular opinion? Or yes. someone on hit list? Or someone pissed you off? Yeah. Oh, piss me off. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like my unpopular opinion is that um, you can make pounder jam in, um, you know, the dough processor that you use, like the food processor. You can make your pounder jam in there. Just basically boil the yam, boil the yam, and then once the yam is nice and soft, and then just put it in the food processor with just a teeny, teeny bit of the like water from the yam, and you get the fluffiest, most beautiful pounder jam, mm -hmm. fresh as if they were using those things to go boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you can you get like the freshest pounder jam ever. Now the thing is, I say this around my mum, and she's just like, "Well, you know, I can't believe you UK girls. This is how you make a pounder jam, but fam, you're using powder. They're using powder. <laughs> Whereas I'm getting the fresh jam, <laughs> fresh jam, cutting it up, boiling it, and then putting in a food processor. I'm not going to stand outside in the middle of Bermondsey with a long stick." <laughs> When we've literally got technology that allows me to have the most beautiful, fluffy pounder jam ever, if I just put in a food processor. That is a game changer. That is a game changer. Oh, a gem there, really. I think there'll be loads of people listening to that would be like, that's a gem. That's. But there's lots of aunties that are screaming oh yeah 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 they're, 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 they're the same aunties that scream when people make rice in a rice cooker oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah we do that i know one girl she makes jollof in a rice cooker like what are you doing like, yeah, that's no peas in a packet no blood no oh no 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 that's that's sacrilege that's actually mad that's let's go to the comments we get so we have uh mrs hang says she is she's a collection being here has made me glad and she says she's mad at the hooligans me says he's sad seeing saka's face after missing the penalty i just want to hug him mad at england fans and their fuckery and glad that more people are waking up to how racist the UK actually is. Um, Tasha says, same about Saka. Um, Candy says, glad the four of you lovely um, aunties slash baby girls are finally all coming together in your greatness in one place. 
Thank you so much. Um, Zell says, I love the pink braids. That's for you, Auntie Farah. Um, Iona says, so sad about devastating news. Um, yes, it is. Iona actually works on State of London as well, actually, back in the day. Um, and also says, exactly, Shade, I saw a video of the few uncles fighting back. Good for them. And Mr. Tang says, oh, I'm coming for my guided by my ancestors tea. Thank you so much. So that is your aunties could never thank you thank you thousand thank yous to the wonderful yes. girl auntie kalechi thank you for blessing us with your presence thank you for having me thank you i mean wonderful perfect auntie guest you'll be back we'll drag you back yeah, um, definitely and yeah, so thank you guys for watching, listening. This is your Aunties Could Never episode 70. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Please don't forget when you listen to the podcast, leave your review and comments. We will read them out in the show. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So like us, follow us, subscribe to us. And we'll be back here next Tuesday, live at 5 p.m. on um, G GMT time, UK time, um, <laughs> live on YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> Was on a roll, I nearly did it. You say BMT time. I was saying good morning, Britain. Like, I thought she was speaking, I thought she was saying BMT. No, anyway, just be back here next Tuesday, man. Don't forget. Don't forget. That's it. Bye. Bye, guys.